At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to the Blacksmith's Pub. Oh, no, no, to Knife Talk, the only podcast for knife makers. Um, whether you're a maker, a collector, or whatever you are, live from my pub today, I am joined by Mareko Marmasi of Marmasi Fire Arts. Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and of course myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. We're here every single Monday um, to answer your questions, to just shoot the breeze really and have some fun with you. So, welcome guys. You, you really are in the blacksmith's pub. Uh, yeah, if I was a blacksmith, I, I would be in the blacksmith's pub, yes, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, what's the name of your pub, by the way? Kutch. Kutch. What's that it's, mean? It's a Welsh Kutch. word, and it means, there's no real direct translation, but it's like an embrace, it's like a... It's like the feeling you get when you're being cuddled. It's that warmth of, of an embrace. Hmm. It's a Welsh we end. Like a squeeze? Like a hug? Yeah, but it's, it's the feeling you get. Um, warm embrace. Yeah. It's, more, it's, it's not a place. It's, 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 a, it's a feeling that you'd get from an embrace. It's, it's, yeah. So like if you ate some bad clams quich. and your stomach's all queasy, quich. you got the quitches. <laughs> the quitches. <laughs> the quitches, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's what the the kutch is. So it's a, it's a bit of Wales back back here in France, basically. Hmm. So your week, guys, what's been going on? Mareko, let's start with you. What's been going on? Yeah, uh, I had a great interview yesterday, actually, with Don Nguyen. Um, everybody knows Don Nguyen. You Wynn, podcast you whore, you. I know, I'm a whore. <laughs> for my artists, for my Patreon, like the Artisans of Steel yes. podcast. Uh, it's only a once-a-month thing. It's not, it's not as in-depth and as heavy as this, uh, or I guess, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it was a great conversation. Don and I, uh, you know, we hit, we, we spent, you know, J- Jeff had a great conversation with Don, um, middle of last year, I believe, something like that. Um, and they went really in depth with like what, you know, how Don got into knife making and whatnot. So this interview, my c- chat and conversation with Don was really trying to like focus on developing style and individuality and unique um, kind of aesthetics and kind of trying to make your work stand apart. Uh, we also talked about his YouTube page and and uh, and having employees and all that kind of business. Mm. But it was it was a good conversation. Um, and I, and uh, yeah, I'm really glad we had it. had a chance to catch up too. he and I used to chat actually quite often just catch up on the phone and talk for maybe an hour or so. 
uh, just talking about all the different uh, stuff going on in life and in business. Uh, and we haven't been able to do that really in a long time. He's super busy. I'm super busy. So it's nice to, to have that moment uh, with the interview to do that and catch up with that. Um, coming up fucking super fast <laughs> is uh, the Sacramento Knife Show. And so I'm just trying to like, I'm probably going to be working some late nights this coming week, uh, just trying to get shit together to get down there. It's, I feel like it's, it's, it's always the case for me, especially before a show is I end up working like 14 hour days <laughs> leading up to the show. Cause I personally struggle with time management and, um, and I always think, you know, I got plenty of time and then all of a sudden it's a week out and I feel fucking stressed out and, <laughs> And I still got a shit ton of work to do. Mm. Um, so I got, I forged out uh, earlier this week though. I forged out a great blade. That's going to be, uh, that's going to kind of try to, I'm, it's going to be my quote unquote showstopper, um, fancy knife that I'm going to bring. Uh, and I'm, my goal is to get another, uh, chef's knife that is more just kind of like a straightforward sand, my style knife, uh, but with like, inter integral bolster and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, locally, we, I'm doing a farm farm to table event for my son's school. Oh, which cool! It's kind of fun. It's gonna be good. We're raising some money. I'm gonna be there doing some forging demonstration. Um, not as fancy as when Jeff was forging at a, you know special celebrity director's uh, birthday party, but uh, <laughs> for the school it should be fun. Uh, and the knife that I'm forging is just gonna be uh, a, a bench knife. I'm gonna be we're gonna be raffling that off to to raise money for the school. Um, so keep an eye on my Instagram, uh, for anybody who's interested, I'll be posting up stories about that and links to where, uh, you can buy a raffle ticket to help support that and possibly win that knife. Uh, and then I think lastly, the, this week I've been also working on earrings. I think I mentioned it last week. Hmm. Um, but working on earrings, uh, to try to get Damascus earrings up and, uh, for mother's day coming up on what March or not March May 8th, I think. So coming up actually really also very fast. Um, but getting those cut and drilled and ground and etched and all that jazz so we can get them out the door. Cool. Are you, have you, are you selling them or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they're going to, I'm going to be offering them, uh, through, through my newsletter as well as on my Instagram. Um, and yeah, they're for people, uh, who want to get their wife a unique and interesting gift for uh, Mother's Day. It's come, oh, let's see, I think we're going to get them done uh, in the next couple days and get that newsletter out and post those up um, so that people, they can get shipped out to people in time for Mother's Day. Well, um, when you say wife, could you buy just the one, like Mr. T style? You, yeah, Whoa. sure. <laughs> What's blow? <laughs> I fucking love it. Mr. Uh, T style. Yeah. How many pairs do you have? Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I have 10 pairs. That's 20 uh, right Mr. Now. T earrings then. Lovely. That's right. <laughs> 20 singles. Hey, you put them wherever you're pierced, you can put that. Put the earring. <laughs> All right, there you go. Attaboy. That's how you should, that's how you should put it on the, on the subject <laughs> that's line. That's the strap line. Happy Mother's Day. Just put, ha, put it wherever you got a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Oosh. Oosh. Yep. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go next with what I've been up to this week, because I know Jeff has been muting on and off, so I think he may need a whiz. Um, but what I've been up to, I've been getting my shop together 
finally, like together, so I can actually do stuff again. So the last couple of weeks, I've I've been doing stuff, but it's been you know stuffs in boxes, and it's been just really difficult. And electricians been here finishing off the electrics. It's been really difficult, but um, I'm getting there. So I've, you know, today I finished the sort of CNC corner. So you got the CNC machine, the laser, and 3D printers all all together, and you know in the individual sort of screens, so there's no dust and everything. It's looking good. It's looking good, and I placed quite a big order as well for. Um, Months and months ago, I talked about this, um, about uh, powering knives. I've never really done a run of powering knives. Um, so that's the next run. Um, so, yeah, they, they've been ordered, you know, the, the laser cuts um, for them. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. I'm starting to feel it again now because it's been months where I haven't really been able to even get in the shop and do stuff. So this part of the show, when we talk about what we've been up to, I've been talking about fucking babies and being pissed on and all that kind of stuff. I can finally start talking about knife stuff, which is what, what this is all about. Um, so yeah, it's actually quite exciting. I'm 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 really sort of pumped. So yeah, it's all good, all good. Um, nice. Jeffrey, are you? I have a couple questions. Sure, sure. Number one, did you ever figure out the snake? Last episode, they, did you get the snake? <laughs> the one with the, the was it Tubuku? The long shaft and the little head, like a. <laughs> did you get? Did, did, you, did they? Did they get the fucking snake? Did they get the snake? No, no, hasn't been right. found. Does your wife know that it hasn't she been does. found? She does. Or did you tell her she that it She also found? claims to see a snake every time she turns a corner at the moment. We were in the garden the other oh day. God. She claimed to have seen two within like 30 seconds. I'm just like, fucking, you didn't. You didn't. Um, but we got, like, it's gecko season here. You know, the sun's starting to come out. So all the, we got lizards everywhere in all these old buildings. And they're, they're oh, quite fine. cute. You know, we're, we're fine with them. They're sort of, you know, three, four inches long. Um, and they're fine. So I'm sure she's seeing them and thinking it's a snake each time. And I'm just like, oh, man, it's not a snake. But, yeah, she, she's, yeah. She, 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 <laughs> yeah, I won't go into it. But, yeah, she, she's fine. She's fine. Next question. Yes. Have you ha- heard a lot of positive feedback on the cover of Dancing in the Dark that you did that's on the last episode at the end? I've had a couple. I've had a couple of really nice messages, actually, yes, um, from people, which, which is really nice. So, yeah, thank you to, to those who It have. was excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's super good. I like it. Yeah. I talked to a couple of people who, who said that it was an incredibly good rendition, and you made it your own. Mm. You sound like Simon Cowell there. Well, I, mean, I didn't know. like it, darling. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't is that what he says. I'm calling you darling. I'm calling you darling. And now the last question, knife related. Right. I'm excited for you to be starting these pairing knives. Yes. I know that you've had problems in the past with shipping. Yes. What are you going to do to fix your problems that you have that have been a nothing but a nightmare for Every you? Every Friday morning, I should be driving to the big city. Um, to ship knives. Um, that's where you go. That's where the brothel is, That's right? where the brothel is. So I'll have a Friday afternoon snack and then obviously visit the brothel. <laughs> you know, it'll be a, a proper yeah. Friday. Come back to the podcast. Yeah. And tell I thought you, thought you were calling the Tuesday. brothel. Tuesday. I know all about it. <laughs> I thought you were calling the brothel visit an afternoon snack. You go, <laughs> no, 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 no. You go, Titty Tuesday. <laughs> I hear you. So, yeah. So, th- so it does mean that I, I need to drive to the city once a week. Um, but... You know, it's fine. It's just something I need to do because it just it just wasn't working, and it's you know it's not working the way things are. So um, that's the only way I can sort of guarantee that things can get done. Um, but it's fine. It's fine. So yeah, these these power knives, and there'll be no sort of pre-orders. I'll be making them all complete um, and shipping the day of you know the day of order. So so it's quite exciting. So yeah, I, I actually I, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll talk about this in the after show. It's fine. Um, I'm having to change them slightly as well. Um, to what my initial thought was, but that's fine. We can talk about it later. 
Okay. So, Jeffrey, what's been going on? Madness. <laughs> Sheer madness. The last week, uh, this, fr- this Monday, all the K-tips went out, and now I'm about to glue up all the uh, offset serrated. So we've been working on th- th- lots of different things at the same time, mm-hmm. and now we're up to, uh, I'm going to have the off- uh, 20 offsets serrated are going to go out next week. So that was that was great. We're figuring out different systems, and then uh, the guys at Broadback sent me one of those uh, surface grinders mm. that I was fooling around with to change scratch uh, the make satin finish with uh, mm. on the bevels. And I was making shims, and it was working out. We were doing a little, a little. As far as I was concerned, I did a little too much R and D in the middle of the process. But other than that, it was a great. It was great, and they. I was really appreciative and. I'm thanking them. I'm running ads on full blast to kind of thank them because they was really they came in totally clutch for me and and they were, it's a great it's a it's a great attachment. Mm. We've got some new special then, offers from them actually, which we'll be talking about later. Very exciting! They're coming back. They're coming back with the podcast, which is dynamite. Mm. Um, and then my my uh, prince came. We got everything figured out, and we had a good time releasing them. And when I say a good time releasing them. We, Tony and I and, and Allison were on this text chain and we're doing the newsletter and going back and forth and we were making jokes and then we were, Tony and I were like, Allison, are you going to post it or what? Are you going to post it or what? She's like, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And we're like, stop nervous. And we're yelling at her on the text and it was, we were having a good time and she's like, what if maybe I made a mistake? I'm like, don't worry, just send it. And we were having a good time and we did great with them and uh, everything went out, uh, sent a lot of them out, sent a lot of, sent a, all, great. everything that got bought got sent out. Nice. So. Those look great. And then um, the really the kind of neat thing that happened that I didn't expect, and it was kind of dovetailing to a lot of different things that we've been talking about and I've been talking about with some of the guests on Full Blast, is uh, my, we've talked about my friend uh, Bree Pettis, who's uh, the owner of uh, Bantam Tools, a CNC company. He, used, he was the founder of MakerBot, was a big, one of the you know giant CNC, uh, 3D printer, uh, tabletop 3D printer guys. And he's got he's got a he's got a factory in, in in my town, and we've become friends. And I had him in the shop to do some you know he did a forging with me, and we had a good time. And he stopped by yesterday, and he just left his box, and I opened up the box, and it was this hammer, but it was like this incredible hammer. And I, hmm. I posted on Instagram. I'm just going to open the camera so you guys can see it. It's basically this stainless steel, all stainless steel hammer, hmm. and the head is. It's a rock hammer. It's got this little tiny face, and it's got this long kind of rock chipping thing, and then this, it's got a stainless steel handle with this kind of attachment knob. And it was—he's been obsessed for years with—well, not obsessed, but he's really liked the uh, Apollo moon landing. Has been something that's been really interesting to him. Mm. So. You know, he's been interested in the technology that happened back then and now, and, and he wanted to uh, retro design, re-engineer, uh, and replicate the hammer that they used on the moon landing. Hmm. So this is the second variation of the of the hammer that they took onto the moon because the first one, they the astronauts hated it. The handle was too thin, and the head was too this, and that was the that, and they didn't like it. So this is the one that they made. And it was interesting. I mean, it's fascinating, hmm. and it's heavy as shit. I mean, it's four and a half pounds. So was that for taking like, he, rock samples from the moon? It was for taking rock samples from the moon, and it was for post, knocking in posts. I guess when they put the flag in, there were like little pitons or stuff like that. Hmm. I mean, you know, but it, what's interesting is, is like, 
And somebody sent sent me a message like, well, why didn't they just take a regular hammer? There's so many things about this that make it not like a regular hammer. They had to, when they designed this hammer, and it's cool that one of the first tools that came to the moon was one of the oldest tools that we, and we talk about today, hammers. And this is all, this is totally something that was designed. I'm turning my camera off because I'm getting, this is, this is a, this is a tool that was completely designed for the use for astronauts, but they can't design it in space. They had designed it on the, on the earth. So obviously, some of the things that they can't do is they can't use wood. You can't use wood and vacuum, you know, because you're knife makers. You know that, you know, when you stabilize wood, there's all sorts of air. What happens to wood if, I mean, I'm speculating, what happens to the wood if you put it in a vacuum? You know, slip the handle, handle, all of a sudden, Buzz Aldrin's taking the hammer out and the hammer's flying off into space. Cause <laughs> the head you know, goes flying. The head goes flying off. His fucking thing hmm. shrunk. The the interesting thing is the handle was really cool and he, and I, so I was talking to me, Bree and I'm actually going to go to his house tonight for cocktails. Ooh. That's right. I mean, this is the meeting. I've been I've been jumped into the to the peak are, skill are you sure Illuminati. You're not for I'm in the I'm in the peak skill Illuminati now, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget <laughs> it. I'm a, we're gonna be underground. We're going to be sacrificing goats and wearing all sorts of eyes of Horus and all that shit. But the the handle's cool because, like he said to me, he's like, "I'd love you to use it." I'm like, "I can't use this." He's like, "Why not?" I said, "Well, number one, there's checking on the the handle. It's going to kill me." The knurling. Yeah, well, that was because, you know, the reason why the first hammer didn't work was because it was too thin. It was because these guys are using with these yeah. big, thick-ass gloves. Right. And I was explaining to him, like, well, you know, even with handles now, the handle, your grip is depending on the size of the handle. And it was really interesting. And um, I'm going to have him on at some point, and we're going to talk about it. But it was really, really cool, and it was really generous, and now I have to spite gift him something good, hmm. you know? What, what's the weight uh, on that? On that? It's four and a half pounds. The whole thing. I was. I watched the um, the Elon Musk um, documentary on Netflix this week, um, all about SpaceX, and they said they managed to get the um, the cost per kilogram, you know, to to take up to space the payload, um, down to about eight grand per kilogram um, to take up. So that's mad. So what's that? That's well, a, I don't know. A, See, I'm going to talk to him. Four grand he just knows to get more... into space. Bree was telling me that, like, that there, they th- during the construction of all that stuff, there was so much like s- tied to the seat of your pants, not really well designed stuff that, <laughs> like, they don't have a lot of rem- uh, you know they don't have a lot of notes <laughs> on apparently on a lot of it. So I guess I guess what that fucking wacko Jeff Bezos does is he went to a, he got a boat with a big hook and he picked up he found the the old some of the old rockets to get the get some information off mm-hmm. of them. You know, but oh, wow. this this hammer is really cool because it actually like locks into a bigger spear, and you know they can you know use it like a shovel, and it was just a very thoughtful thing. And and what was I think one of the little things that was interesting is you know we talked to hammer makers about how you know leaving the forging to show people the forging and leaving it kind of like a like a flavor you know of your of the forging and stuff like that. And he said to me, well, a lot of them I made, I uh, sandblasted them, but for some reason I really liked the machining of it because he machined it at the, at the company. So he, he left the machining, and it was, like, very similar to, you know, like this, to the way blacksmiths would leave a blacksmithing thing. And it was just, I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I have an illustration of a hammer that looks somewhat similar to that, that I only drew, like, maybe a couple months ago. It's, a, it's kind of a play on the, the locksmith hammer. Um 
but I want to get it made with like more square faces and like more of a square face rather than the corners knocked in and, and the, uh, the cross peen upside down, uh, the way that one is oriented on that hammer. Um, but I need to, I need to coordinate with somebody who's a f- hammer maker <laughs> to well, get that damn thing made. But I think this is be a great hammer. When I was looking at it yesterday, I was thinking it looked like a claw hammer, but it really looks like a rock hammer. Mm. And the, it, it's, the, the peen comes down to hook towards you. So like when you're, I mean, obviously these astronauts don't want to hit a rock and they go flying into space. You know, it's, they're going to hit it and come to them. And uh, it's just like everything about it. It's like, I love the idea of like this, you know, and it's like engineered to be very spacey. <laughs> you know, it's not, there's yeah. a lot of like, you know, like space futuristic shit on this thing that's just like hilarious is it, is it a solid, but, uh, solid handle or is that like a cap on the bottom that screws off the the uh the handle is solid oh. no i don't know if the hand i don't know if no the handle's not solid can't handle can't be solid. and the handle might be solid the head has got a hole in it and it's kind of uh, screwed and set pinned in mm. so no it's it's two it's two pieces but i just find it hard to believe that the whole it might be hollow i'm not 100 percent sure i'll talk to him tonight when at the cocktail party at the when I go to that high level cocktail party with all the <laughs> you know underground you know maniacs it's gonna be like an eyes wide shut situation I'm gonna have my eyes wide open but I'll tell you what <laughs> this might be some you know I we're gonna there's gonna be some you know policy making it for sure a hundred percent running from the underground vaguely no problem I'll take it. I'm I'm perfectly fine, belly down like a snake. No problem. I don't need to. I don't need any highfalutin shit. I just I like to know what's going on though. So, that's it. Nice. Okay. Back in just a sec. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KnifeTalk15. Do it now. There we go. So I understand we we have lots of listener feedback this week. So should we start with a with a bit of that? Do some questions, then come back to more listener feedback. What do we think? Absolutely, whatever Sounds you good. want. Yeah, we we're activating the listeners are really have been interested in the business end that we've been talking about, and where we heard your voice, we heard it. We I've, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about have a business guy come on in the next couple of weeks. We're going to de- you know depending on when uh, Mareko comes back from from uh, Forge yeah, to Table, and, and we're going to get you squared <laughs> away. So some of the, if you want to send listener feedback or dilemmas or questions, you can go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram and interact with the show. That's the only way to get a hold of us. Fucking don't send any personal shit to me. It just don't just don't work. Don't work. Trust me. I'll write you back, and what will happen is I'll write you, send it to Knife Talk, and they're like, well, what about you? And then I'll it'll be this back and forth, and I'm just going to erase what you said. So sorry. <laughs> Illuminati, that's Illuminati shit right there. All right. So the first one Shows comes a picture from of your left nipple first, that kind of thing. That's from him. That's from that's State Craig. This one comes from Nick Edwards. Nick Edwards says bloody awesome cover at the end of the last podcast. Ah, so if you haven't listened to the last podcast, Craig was Craig was singing Dance in the Dark. That was really cool. Uh the next one come I'm gonna go right into uh, Lorian Designs. Lorian Designs says ha, sent us a tome. Uh, listener feedback. Whenever you guys discuss the topic of, quote, it's handmade, my ears perk, perk up. By the way of thinking, process is everything. Our work is often both limited and defined by the process that we create in order to build our knives. A guy I know 
who, who made knives for decades, once told me that a knife maker is never judged by how well he can use a bandsaw. We were talking about water jet at the time, which I've used myself. Uh, the things about water jet or CNC or any other outsourced profile cutting is that anything is possible. All the little workarounds we have to develop as knife makers in response to the equipment we have on hand influence what we produce. All the limitations and restrictions imposed on us by our equipment forces to adopt and overcome. It's the problem solving that I think finds its way into our work and what gives us each subtle uniqueness that I think is easily uh, enough, yeah, easily enough erased by the equipment that removes many of these obstacles. The term in, the term handmade is increasingly of uh, is an increasingly vague description, and maybe we need a term like mind made to help keep things a little more specific, or maybe we should just make what we make and do what we do and tell anyone who asks a little bit about our process and let them decide how to characterize our work. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I think that I like that. I like that's that. a really good point. It's Wait, but have we got it, an it intelligent co- listener? Surely not. Lorian's is a, that's a long one. Yeah. It's a long and smart. Long one. and smart. Lorian's put a together, smart guy. Normally he's, he's people normally we get, you know, what are we what was the me make knives. That's it. <laughs> the ones we, me hammer no, smash. Just, me make knives. Yeah. <laughs> me make handmade knives. Um, I can see you knife carnival barking that at a at a table at a show. I would love yeah. that. Well, it, it here's the interest. The, I mean, this is something we get all the time because it's like I think people parch what they you know they want to just they want their cake and eat it too, hmm. you know, and it's. There is a pecking order in regards to how we view things. I mean, you still get that nut job who watched too much Forge and Fire who says, oh, well, you didn't forge it. Like they, like they know. And there is this kind of subtle pecking order in regards to what we deem worthy or not in regards to handmade. Hmm. And he's, he's got a point of how what we do is, is individual. Um, we think of the, the process and however we get there. You know, get that, that that end product. He said, like you said, it's mind made. You know, we, we've thought about every little, every little radius, every little corner, every little thing that's happening there. Um, yeah, that's a really good thought because, uh, you know, we, again, we went into this, you know, in big, big detail, detail last week. But that whole idea of handmade, maybe that is just outdated now because we all have access to machines that can make us do things better than handmade. And our, our end goal is to make things the best we can make them, surely. Have you been to a restaurant where they have on the menu house-made? Mm-hmm. House-made ketchup oh, yeah. or house-made no. this or house-made <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, like Fuck that, sauce. too. <laughs> Fuck that, too, because it's we, like... Get the hind it, it, out of a <laughs> plastic Fuck, bottle. We it's made some it bullshit. I mean, I mean, give, I mean house, you're a restaurant... You know, we don't need to know that you're artisanal. You're, it's like it's like struggling. I'm like it's like I'm I'm struggling at home making this ketchup. It's, stop it. <laughs> yeah. I need to not worry. I mean, I, but it's because you're trying to like. I mean, maybe it's some sort of like psychological like guilt trip you're putting on people that like I'm not. This isn't you know from China. I made it at home. It's homemade. That maybe that's what we should say about our knives. Your homemade knives. Yeah. But, see how but that is whole, it better than a knife from China? Over. That's the big question. <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing is, is enough is like you want to say it's handmade, but you don't want to say it's homemade because <laughs> exactly. it's homemade. <laughs> yeah, 
a homemade is a fucking shitty. terrible. Yeah, it sounds, a like te- <laughs> it sounds like some bullshit. Sounds like some bullshit. I swear to God, I dare any of you knife makers change it to homemade, homemade knives. knives. <laughs> Shed made. I mean, made how homemade? Handmade, the, that fucking drop from handmade to homemade is strong. <laughs> it's a strong drop, it's precipitous, from perfectly acceptable to bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not pizza sauce. Yeah. yeah. It's not your mom's cookies. God damn. That's hilarious. Uh, no, uh, you know what? You made some very good points. Very, very good. But you could have the same knife. One guy says it's handmade. One guy says it's homemade. And you're having a different impression of that <laughs> knife just because of what this fucking said. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, I think that people get a little bit too, like, uh, crazy about their words. I'm going to start saying fader knives, homemade for you. Homemade knives. See how <laughs> Sound that shit. <laughs> it sounds shit. It sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. That's what the that's what the insult should be. Go ahead, get out of here with them homemade knives. <laughs> um, Leonardo Lee says, "I just wanted to say thank you for all the business talk you guys have done over the years, because after many years of being a hobby knife maker, uh, I was thinking about trying to go full time." Oh, and homemade to, to handmade. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> I, uh, thanks to you three, I've decided not only if only a fool would go through all that stress, <laughs> hassle, and headaches, not to not not a great deal of money. So he's now so, a bus driver but, instead. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> <laughs> he's making homemade cookies, <laughs> selling them on the street. Good old Leonardo Lee. He's cleverer right. than us, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then now we're going to get into deposit talk okay. because our deposit conversation. Uh, was uh, was people were really interested in it, and they gave their their uh, their two cents. And and P.S. If you get the new episode, uh, the new issue of Blade magazine, they do have a part in their magazine called Knife Talk, which slightly irritates me, but hmm. I'll handle it. And then uh, one of the uh, the editors did a whole thing on deposits. So go pick yourself up a Blade magazine, and uh, you know see what they see what they have to say for themselves. But this one comes this one comes from. WCSBR Forge. That's Wesley Crumb. Thought I'd weigh in on the deposit slash no deposit conversation. What I do is take a $50 deposit. It's not a lot of money and just enough to weed out the people that aren't serious about working, uh, working, uh, wanting one made. With that small amount uh, put down, it's not as bad. Uh, it's not as bad about hounding. Sure. So I think it's a good move. I, ha- I have a few friends who do just a $50 spot. Or maybe a hundred bucks or something like that, but yeah, but for the exact reason. Mm. Well, in actually, I don't have the Blade Magazine issue with me, but the the uh, Master Bladesmith who was talking about the deposits is a lot of times he, he, the biggest problem with taking deposits is if something happens and like when the market took a shit, all these people are coming back for their money, and you already spent all the money on the material and your and the equipment and. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, these he was recounting stories of people like having to go into debt to repay that deposit back, and mm-hmm. it just becomes like that is one of the problematic parts about it. I think it's yeah. semantics as well. Like Mareko just said, fifty dollars will buy your spot. Sounds a lot better than a fifty dollar deposit. You know, I, I don't know. It, 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 in my mind, it just sounds a little bit better. Like, yeah, you, you can buy a spot for one of these knives for fifty dollars. Um, sounds a lot better than a deposit for fifty dollars because the deposit sounds, sounds like almost home- temporary, doesn't it? You know, sounds like a homemade deposit to me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, maybe. Hmm. Paul Jansen says on the deposit talk. Here's some listener feedback in regards to that guy who didn't do deposits and kept having guys not pay at the end. 
uh, and the suggestion of a contract. I think the biggest reason for a contract is to cover your own ass. Like you said, it probably isn't anything that's ever going to go to court, but it keeps you from getting into anything he said, she said scenarios. If I tell you up front you have a week to pay and then I'm selling it, it protects you uh, when it protects you when you actually do sell it. 100% agree with that. But then, you know, you still got to deal with that person who, you know. No, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. If they, when, if they void their own contract, fuck them. <laughs> You're running a business. And you, they agreed, you know, if they agree to those terms before when they lay up the deposit and move forward, that's on them. Dude. That's not on you. These people don't read. None of them. That's I, not I, I, your fault. <laughs> I, but you still got to deal with them. You. No, you don't. Honestly. What do you do? You block them? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the, what about their the emails coming through? They're right, yelling yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I like a fucking tr- clean transition. I need. I need. Blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> Rough cut knife says, "Hey cuties, I know you didn't ask, but uh, all this non-refundable. Uh, but now I take a non-refundable thirty percent deposit on all custom orders. Since I've been doing this, I've only had one cancel order in three years." They see that it's a loss on their part if they don't follow through with the purchase, and to me, it covers the cost of materials if they back out or cancel. Yes, I possibly still sell the knife, but it's not a guarantee that I want to have to, to sit on it for a while. Before I took deposits, uh, I had people contact me and cancel or flake out when the knife was completed. Mm-hmm. I still have a small 3-inch Hunter that was made at a quarter-inch thick 10895 as a custom order that I can't sell four years later. Again, a, semantics, a, by calling it a non-refundable payment, people people know where they are, I suppose, you know? So, I think, and I just said, I think deposit sounds temporary to me, and it could go either way. But yeah, but by actually saying it, it's a non-refundable payment, you've laid the law down immediately, you know? That's the thing. I think it's, I think it's just saying a non-refundable deposit, mm. you know? I we tend to I mean I know I don't really have any problems I've I've given like some guy I could mention last time one guy you know something happened yeah he I he didn't get into the specifics but he, something happened and we were just like you know what give him his money back you don't you know it's not and, and to me and maybe you know I'm just being naive but to me it's like I almost would rather you know it's not doesn't happen that often and when it does I'd prefer them to say you know what Fader take took care of me. You know, like it didn't work out and I don't have a bad thing to say about him, you know, because that kind of goes a long way, too. Yeah. And I mean, like, if it, like you said, if it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's all good. All good. I've heard from some fucking I've heard I've heard stories of people who don't refund people. And it's like, you know, you hear about the, that this shit is like this right. shit like runs like well, what's, electric. What's interesting about that is like other industries like say even just like a wedding photographer like a wedding photographer can easily cost like five thousand dollars and they require like a 50 percent uh deposit and it's non-refundable and if you cancel that's fucking on you and but that doesn't look bad on the on the photographer that's that's like a standard of their business and if you fuck up and decide you need to change the date or, or not to change the date but cancel on them for whatever reason like you're out that money and but it's kind of different. No recourse for that maker or for that photographer. You're booking the photographer for their time. Yeah. So if they're, if you're they doing the a, same fucking thing yeah. when you build a knife. But yeah, yeah, you're but spending it's your a, time yeah. building that no, fucking knife. It's a particularly no, busy Saturday in July. If he hasn't at that date, he, he could have five bookings on that day. So if, if sure. you know, that day is important, I suppose. But when you're making the knife and somebody cancels out, it doesn't go to the garbage. 
Hmm. Doesn't it's not like you're wasted time. Yeah, you're still it's, making it is something slightly different in move. that respect. I think. I guess yeah. there's yeah. But I mean, I you know, I, I it's the hard the hardest part is people, as Craig would say, people. It's they're they're slithery, they're beggy, they're 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 they don't. You know, today I got in trouble. I was we had there's construction on the on on the way to the on the on the way to the mail the post office, and there's these people there they're building something, and then they they have a guys making one you know it's a one way road now. So there was backed up, and then I kind of snuck into this section to, because I needed to get to the shop. And this woman behind me, boy, she was mad at me. And I, I just, she started yelling at me, like, we gotta wait. And I was like, I'm not, we're not, we Did gotta, you say, do you know who I, I am? I'm going to Bray's house for cocktails tonight. <laughs> I said, I said, I, I, I put my two fingers together and I said, Dominus, Ominus, Abede, Hubera. And I, and I got her, I got her, her driver's license. And now I'm going to put a pox on her house. The slaughtered goat on her step in the morning. That's right. Yeah. She's screwed, man. That's, she's going to get dead. She's going to get dead one-eyed frogs in her house. I'm a, this is a tricky. She got trouble. But it's people just, you know, they don't, they want to sneak in and get place. I wanted to sneak in on this woman and I did. You know, people are going to send a message. Well, maybe if I ask, what's the worst, the worst of asking? And then it turns into a thing. I, I don't know. I, I tend to, we don't get it a lot. So when we don't get a lot, I, you know, I try to be, you know, accommodating, understanding, but you know, yeah. people get it. I mean, but it, a lot of it also has to do with, I mean, we talk about customers not coming through, but there are a lot of people who just don't, a lot of knife makers who have a reputation that you just can't cough it up. Mm. They take the money and they fuck off. You know, there's there's scurrilous people too. Every everywhere, and you know, you're known by your you're known by your name and your reputation, and your reputation should be good. You should do what you say, and then you know, obviously, your customers can't possibly do that too, but they should. This links very nicely with a question we've got here from Cutthroat Australia. Let's do it. Um, and he says, question for the group. Do you guys have an old customer or customer interaction that still lives in your head rent-free that even years after their actions or behavior will get you angry all over again? Hmm, I'm, yes. sure we, I'm sure we've all got a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was fucking mad when I was even writing that, <laughs> copy and pasting that question down. Good segue there, yeah. Craig. I've got, I've got one I've talked about before, maybe a year or so ago. Brother-in-law. Um, well, no, a friend of my brother. A friend of my brother who um, yeah. ordered a knife. Um, he wasn't happy with it and, and whatever reason. I was just like, look, I said, just give it back and I'll refund you. Um, and actually, I said, no, I said, just keep it. I'll just refund you. It's fine because he's back in the UK. And I was just like, look, I'll just refund you. If you're not happy, it's fine. It's not happy. You know, it's not working. And then, like six months later, he's, he's on Instagram and he's like showing this picture of the knife, and he's just like, "Oh, this is, I love this handmade <laughs> knife now." I'm like, "You fucker!" I remember that story. Yeah, Fuck that guy. Yeah. So, so every <laughs> time I tell your brother, every time I see, I, and my wife's just like, "Just block him. You know, you don't need to see that." And I was like, "No, no." But, but like, he thinks he's a bit of a chef, and and, and it's, it's fucking awful. The stuff he puts on is terrible. Um, but he's always using this knife, and people are always asking him, "You know, where'd you get the knife in it?" And he's always like, "Oh, I had a specially handmade for me." And I'm just like, "Oh, you prick!" Right. Uh, you can't me. even say your fucking name. No, 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 because he knows then that oh I'll know God. that he's using it. But you know. Yeah, so I'm sure f- we've all got customers like that. Does your Have brother you- know that this guy is a flea bag? No, I had no because no, I, really? I don't, no, I don't want to sort of. No, nah, I would uh, like to get your brother's email address. 
Okay. <laughs> the first thing I would say, to, I'd I be would like, like to, I would say that exactly. we need to have some sort of, ju- we need to have some sort of intervention. <laughs> there needs to be a show intervention. You got to get your brother on. This was about two oh, years ago, and I'm over it. But I, yeah, I still obviously. You. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm part of the Peaks Illuminati. We can send some worms to his house or something. Exactly. Yeah. Put a hex on him. Yeah, pox. <laughs> So come on then, guys. What have you got? Fuck. Any sort of customer interaction where you're just like, oh fuck's sake! I mean, I come on, Marekka. I know you got yeah. ten of them. <laughs> I got the one that stands out the most is still this one fucking guy who <laughs> uh, he was just all over me with emails about uh, geometry and other knives that he had. This is a guy that I met through the kitchen knife forums, and he was like. He was part of the Kitchen Knife Forums, I guess, Illuminati. Like, a lot of people (laughs) listen to what this fucking guy said. Forum guys. uh, Forum guys, those assholes. No. Uh, And so this guy ended up... So in the time between he first contacted me and the time I... And even after... (laughs) Or I guess the time that I sent the knife off. We probably had close to 200 email exchanges. And I... like. Somehow I became this guy's fucking therapist and he like he would just send me an email like he was dropping me a text like we're homies and be like, oh, my mother-in-law, blah, 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 or talking about some shit that he's got going on. I'm just like, huh? Like, Did I sign up to become a therapist? And this whole time, like he's talking about how excited he is about the knife, blah, blah, blah. He gets the fucking knife. He uses it. And he's he's not like in the United States. He's in Taiwan, so it costs a lot to ship it there. So then he's bitching and groaning about the cost of the shipping and the cost of importing fees because he didn't talk to me about you know maybe underclaiming the knife, the value of the knife, or anything like that, or cost of insurance. He, I, I was very straightforward about how like how I was going to do everything, and then he bitched about it on the kitchen knife forums. He made these videos of how he was using the knife. In ridiculous ways for food that he doesn't even cook and actually eat himself. He just he feels like these are good tests for how the knife performs or her, how well of a performer the knife is. Like he was cutting through some fucking like acorn squash and shit like that that he doesn't even use. And then he basically like was like, eh, the knife's pretty, but it's not that great. And he fucking shit on it. And then off the books, like off of the forums and shit, he turns around and he asks for a refund. And I, so I take care of it. I'm just like, fuck this guy. I'm going to buy that knife back or, or refund him. I'll get that knife back. I'll sell it for more than I sold it to him for in the first fucking place. Um, <clears throat> but it turns out this guy's thing is he, on the forums, what he would do is he would buy knives. He would tout them and show them and take, cool pictures honestly he'd take nice pictures of them and then and and make it seem like he had this massive collection of all these handmade knives that are great performers or whatever the fuck you know by all these people and then he would return them Hmm. and he doesn't talk about that part on the forums yeah um so anyways that was is he got a youtube channel this guy i don't think he has a youtube channel but what ended up happening to this guy I ended up getting his ass blackballed by every fucking custom knife maker because he can go fuck himself. <laughs> and <laughs> so he, he, yeah, nobody's nobody's selling his ass a custom knife ever again. Like, I, t- I you know, I talked to our friends of ours in Australia and friends of ours. And I was like, 
whatever you do, do not ever sell a knife to this fucking piece of shit. And that's it. But, he, but he you're over it now, anybody. yeah? You're over it? <laughs> I'm, t- I'm totally over it. it. I love telling that story from time to time because it makes me feel good. Cause I, oh, yeah. You sound like you feel good, too. <laughs> I, yeah. I bet you have I got like that a, motherfucker back. Fuck I want to hear. I bet you have more than one. I bet you have another one that's going to get you frosty. <sighs> um, I do have one other one that was really bizarre. Honestly, it was it was really uh, it was within like the last ye- two years. Um, the guy was really into the knife. Um, made this cool knife. He loved it. it, it like I took pictures. I kept him. Like I was pulling a Jeff Fader and taking him along, taking him along like the whole process and, and making sure I'm getting him updates because the last thing I want to do is like talk to somebody at the very beginning and then get to the end and then be like, Oh, that's not what I wanted. So along the way they're like, yeah, that looks great. Like they're getting, I'm getting their approval. And to me, that's like, okay, they're happy with it. He gets the fucking knife. He sells it. Like I find out he sells it like a week later. Oh, and so, and I, you know, the way I do things is I'm honoring prices. So he made a little money off the sale. Um, and, and then he sent it, ended up selling it to another guy who's a nice guy. Uh, but he ended up turning around and selling it again. I was like, these fucking guys, give me that fucking knife back and I can sell it <laughs> to somebody who wants it. Or so, or I but thought I there's nothing you could do about that. I mean, no, no, there isn't. I mean, I can hope. Honestly, like I would, perf- I want the policy to be, you know, uh, what is it, Ivan um, uh, Chouinard, like how his business, they, they, they look at all of Patagonia, all the clothes and everything mm-hmm. they make. They, he, his philosophy is like, we still own it, so we take care of it, like it's still ours and all that shit. I'm like, I want that same thing. I'm like, give me that fucking knife back. If even if you're gonna sell it, I'm happy to help you even sell it. But I want to get that knife back. I want to clean it up. I want it be. Sp- Bick and fucking span before it gets in onto somebody else's hands because the last thing I want is some shithead uses a knife, it goes to crap, they sell it, and then somebody gets the knife secondhand and they're like, "Well, this knife isn't that great." Mm. Like I, I, I have this weird part of me that like I want it to always be fucking not perfect, but as close to perfect as I can get it. You know, yeah, I, but, I told I mean, you this idea in the past of having like a registry where. Um, mm. Almost a map of like where all the knives are, who the current owner is, and all that kind of stuff. You know how you do that now, right? <sighs> well, NFTs. Well, NFTs, I know, but, but it, with the phys- it's difficult with the physical thing because who's to know that the whatever token you have will will go with the knife? Um, the tie- you you have it lasered onto the tang. <laughs> it's tied to the. Thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you could do that. Maybe kind you of have thing. a chip. You get get like an NFC chip inside of it in your field. Yeah, that's another way. Yeah. And yeah. it's got a I registered mean, number and everything geez, inside the you guys. material. But yeah, it just seems like a lot Damn. of work for what most people wouldn't appreciate or anything. So like even the, even sure. like the the jeans that I wear, you can I can sort of track them to the like the day they were made and who made them, and huh. and you know that you know and that's really cool all that kind of stuff. But it's just yeah, how how will how could that work? For a knife, when most people don't give a fuck, really, you know, so it, it is difficult. Well, if they can do it for the jeans, you got it. You, you have to be able to do it for a knife. Yeah, yeah, and it's so the same thing. It's a serial number, and it, you know, it's, it's yeah. putting the serial number on the knife in some way. Then having you know a web app where people put the serial number in. You know, it's like guitar, custom guitars, all that kind of stuff. You can do yeah. the same thing. Um, I looked into those NFCs, though. The problem is they only last upwards of like ten years. Yes, the the, the near field <laughs> community. Yes, yeah. Yeah, then yeah. It's, it's not forever, unfortunately. Yeah, hmm. but um, I don't know that 
I'm always thinking about that, you know, having yeah. some way of being able to sort of trace current owners and for that to be of value to the customer then as well, you know, for them Absolutely. to, you know, have yeah. be on the registry kind of thing. Um, and, you know, the first knives that I made, they were all sort of numbered, you know, and then it's just like, well, nobody gives a fuck, so I might as well stop. And, you know, the amount of people who are like, well, I don't want, you know, to be officially on the, that sort of register, you know, because I, I had a, like a Google map with like pointers where all my knives were. And people were like, well, I don't really want mine on there. And it's just like, well, if, yeah. if one person doesn't, then it's all, you know, to cock. So, yeah, well, I'm always thinking about things Prince like Andrew. That. Prince Andrew wants his shit to. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's on Epstein Island. Yeah, he was in a pizza hut in, in somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, and with the NFT, if you tied the NFT, like the, maybe the NFT is even free. It just comes with. It's a part of the purchase. Mm, yeah. But maybe that's a, th- a token that you can use to encourage uh, recurrent customers, where they're like, "You got this NFT because of this certain purchase," and maybe you only like the first ten of an, a whole launch gets gets the nft mm. and then when they come back they get like a special discount or you do special events or, and you know if, know if people are buying buying the nft and the knife comes with it so the nft is the item and the knife is with it yeah. you could then set your kickback as well so if it's then resold mm. as the creator you could say well i want 20 percent of every resale value kind of thing you know but there, oh, there's loads of really cool options but yeah, the reverse. So people are paying for the NFT and not the item. The item is just a, yeah. Exactly. So the receipt, interesting. The receipt is what you're buying of having and it's the on knife. The blockchain and it keeps track. Oh, wow. Yeah, but you know, so, so you're the pimp. You're the pimp, and you're keeping that girl on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. But what it does Jeez. say is that it's always trackable back to you. And if you give a sort right. of sort of guarantee of free sharpening, and you know, once a year you will give it a you know a, you know a spruce up. There's a yeah. value to it then. But it's, it's built in that value, so people would want to do it. Oh, that's so You know, it's it's okay. there's 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 lots of options there, but it's uh, uh, personally, I think NFTs aren't ready for the sort of masses yet. You know, they're, 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 this is, there's a core group this who will love be it. The, I'm convinced. I've been convinced for a while that NFTs will be not an object, but a marking system. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. Yeah, it's, it's just a uniqueness. It's the it's the receipt for the object. That's the way I look at it. Every yeah. time I bring it up. To Tony, he's just like, I don't want to talk about NFTs. Make some fucking knives. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what Craig was just saying about the purchase being the NFT and the knife is tied to that. Then that's and and then the whole secondary market aspect of it. Mm. That's interesting. We're turning to the homemade pod, uh, the handmade podcast here. What are we doing? <laughs> the homemade podcast. <laughs> that's, a, that's what we should refer to it. The now. fucking homemade podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, we, we need to talk about sponsors because we're yeah. We need to get them in. I gotta, and then get them in, and then I'm going to tell you about someone who lives in my crawl rent-free. Okay. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And you know what? If you go to Soul Ceramics, um, you can get a discount. So the easiest way to do that is to go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat. That will take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor of Even Heats, and it'll automatically apply that discount of $75 and free shipping in the US. And spec it out exactly how you'd want it, as if you're doing it from Even Heat. They'll get it made, they'll get it sent to you, but you get the discount. Why wouldn't you? Link is in the description. Tell us, Jeff, this customer that's living in your head, rent free, what did they do to it you? Isn't even, it isn't even a customer. Where did they touch it's, you? What did they do to you? Oh it's God. not even a customer, it's someone who got a gift certificate. And they got a gift certificate, and then they thrashed me around for something. This is a long time ago. 
And then I said, okay, here's what we can do. Well, I want this. And I was like, well, that's kind of over the gift certificate limit. But, um, well, you know, and they threw me around it a little bit more. And then I, we, we settled on what we were going to make. And was, and this is when I started to, when I was giving emails all the time. And I'm not doing that anymore. It's just like, it's not, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, would, I wrote the thing. Here's how I do the touch mark. And, and then he goes, well, what about my touch mark? And I went back and I was like, well, you, the touch mark is the mark of the maker. You know, it's, I, I didn't, it's not really, well, I want my touch mark on there. And I said, well, I said, I've already kind of hand sanded it. This is when I was hand stamping him. I've already done this. He's like, well, I want my, I want my initials on it. And I was like, all right, I can give you two, I can give you two, two initials. <laughs> GF. <laughs> And I said, yeah, with a star in the middle and two dots on either side. That's the, I hope your name, that's your name, George Foreman. That's a hundred percent for you. And, uh, and he says, I want three. I want it to be whatever. And I said, I can do two. And he goes, it needs to be three. I fucking did it. And he was such a dick. And it was like forceful and forceful and then the, the guy the the guy who gave him the gift certificate was like a good customer and a good customer and like you know i just didn't want this going back to him just being like this guy's such an asshole he won't so we made the knife sent the whole thing and then he wrote and then he got the knife he loved it he loved it for months and then he wrote me this fucking unnecessary email about well i'm really disappointed after all these weeks of being psyched i'm really disappointed he took pictures with it this fucking knife i i tried to do this and it did he was trying to do like ninja tests or i don't know he was trying to like (laughs) throw fucking he thought he was fucking ninja knives he thought he was fucking he thought he was shokazuki or something like that american ninja and uh and it was like I said, just send it back and I'll take care of it. And he goes, and he sends it back and then I get it back to him. And he was just like, and then, and then so Tony what did he says, want done to it? What, what? He wanted some thinness, more thinness. This is when my knives were much thicker too. And Tony says, I'm going to have him. This is when we had a shop in the city. He's like, I'm going to give him a knife. I'm going to give him a knife uh, skill test. Cause Tony's just like, I'm going to get him down here. I'll bring him in. I'll show him how it cuts. Cause like I used it and he's like, I'm a professional chef. I use it. It works perfectly fine. So he brings him down. He gets some onions. He gives him a, uh, like a, a knife skills test that to- for free. This guy hasn't paid a fucking dime, you know. Wow. And um, he leaves, and then once again he got another problem. <laughs> and then I fixed it for a second time, and the guy was he was just a he was just a dick. Mm-hmm. And and then his, his the the guy who got the gift certificate for him sent me a message, and I called him up and I'm like, look, I'm everything this guy wants. I'm doing above and beyond. Above and beyond, like he's ridiculous. And I said, to be honest with you, I said, to be honest with you, I never want to hear from this fucking guy again. <laughs> be honest with you. And I just started letting him have it. Sometimes, if you like, get a little bit firm with the with some of these people, they kind of get you. You know, they can't get too sheepish. And I was just like, this this guy. And the guy was like, and then you know, after all the fucking rigmarole, turns out that this is what he does. And I go on his Instagram and. When I got my latte, it wasn't as good as it was the week before. <laughs> Just throws himself around like a fucking lunatic. And I was crazy. And Tony was crazy. <laughs> and this dude loved it. Actually, 
frankly, it did change the way I did certain things because I ended up just like making a few different changes to the way I make knives. But it was like he lived rent free for a long time. And it was just like, I don't want to hear from this fucking guy again. Mm -hmm. And, you know. That was that. And then there's a couple other guys. But. Yeah. You can, get, you can get the odd customer that will take up, you know, 90% of your week where others will just, you know, you won't hear from them. They'll get the knife and everything's good. But this yeah. is the problem with the DMs. Hmm. The problem with the DMs are people like they show interest and they're talking about your work and how much is this and how much is that and then you get sucked into this and then all of a sudden it's just like hey look at my knives and i got this this and oh you like knives let's talk about knives i'm like bro i just don't want to fucking talk about knives at all i do knife talk for christ's sakes <laughs> you know but there are some people who are just they want to i don't know man they don't they just don't know how to chill out yeah don't know how to chill out send them an email so, say go make your own go to texasfarersupply.com buy everything you need and we're leaving you with a discount code, Knife Talk 10 to get 10% off. And they stock everything. They even sell Indasa Rhino Wet, which is the best sandpaper you could possibly buy. We all use it. It's the best stuff. So, yeah, sign off our email, texasfarersupply.com. That's where you need to go. You're doing a very good job. We, we've been having too much of a good time. We haven't doing enough plugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're having a good time. We've got a couple more to shove in there somewhere, so we'll try and do it creatively. Hey, yo. <laughs> right. Where are we? Uh, should we do another question? Uncle yeah. Sam Metalwork. Uh, question. Hey, guys. I enjoy cooking, and so it's mostly at work. Uh, what kind of knife skills should I be practicing in the kitchen uh, to be a better knife maker? I guess you call up Tony. It's free, apparently. <laughs> drag, his ass down, drag his ass down to New York and have him give me a couple of onions. Yeah, bag of onions, bag of carrots. You'll do it for that. He's, he's like a horse. <laughs> He'd curse the whole time. Um, so, so where are we? Um, what knife skills should you be practicing to make him a better knife maker? I mean, I, you know, you, you're a cook, mostly at work, you say. So, yeah, if you're using the knife for, you know, various things, I mean, I suppose it depends what type of knives you're making. But if you're making, a, you know, a generic sort of chef knife, then you're doing it every day. You know, you'll be able to pick up any faults or any, you know, improvements that could be made. You know, I, I say faults, but that's a weird one because we all know it. it's not hard to make a knife that will cut well, but it's that, that final sort of 10% of performance. That's what all the skill is, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, if you can find improvements, um, well, that's what you need to, you know, to look for then when you're making your knives. He's not a professional chef. I enjoy cooking, it's, so mostly at he, work. I think he's, I think he's just he's, he likes to cook, but he's at work most of the time. Okay, okay, sorry, I got you. Got you. Okay. I mean, I've mentioned this book before, but it's called An Edge in the Kitchen, and it goes through knife skills um, from, you know, the basic cuts to, like, breaking down a chicken and all that stuff. And I think that is a pretty handy guide. And, and, and honestly, like, if you are basically slicing, dicing, chopping up mirepoix, like, save it. Free, you know, carrots, onions, celery, put that shit in the freezer. Save it for a soup. Save it for, you know, whatever. Um, and you can use them later. I love doing uh, pizza and, and practicing, you know, different cuts and stuff for uh, the toppings. And then you throw it on a fucking pizza and bake it up and eat it. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say I'm mixing up that dough with my knife. 
I'll chop, fucking chop no, that flour. We've all up. seen miraculous pizzas. It wouldn't surprise me. that flour. <laughs> He's got the, he gets the wheat. I'm running down to the store and buy some wheat. I'm gonna chop it up, make some flour. <laughs> but you're right. We've got a hell of a payoff for any testing that we do. We've got a hell of a payoff at the end where we've got this <laughs> this food we can cook, which we we obviously enjoy doing anyway. So it's all good. There's there's so many great videos out there that have very simple. I mean, culinary school really helped me out. I mean, luckily for me, my father was a very good cook, so I had a, oh, wait a there, leg wait up. Wait there, just a sec. I've got a just a oh, second. God. Oh God, here it comes. Every time you mention your father, every now and so each week we we'll hear. A... <laughs> oh, I don't tell. I don't mention that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> my, my dad. Yeah. Oh, well. Come you know, and sit like on my couch, every episode. Come and sit on my couch. Let's have a word. Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying it. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you guys say things, too. <laughs> That's fucking true. say lots of things, you know? We're winding you up. You're a fucking up. dinger for me. I don't know. Fine. That's We're fine. winding you up. When my dad told me, no, but uh, <laughs> fine. you should, there's a lot of dings you could do. You could do our ver- verbal crutches, too. So <laughs> I don't understand all about it. Um, At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But uh, for, for me, it seemed as though culinary school showed you the, the basics, you know, on how to do that stuff. But I think that the most important thing is cooking often and doing it to the point where you're almost not even thinking about how things are done. Like not preparing, not thinking thoughtfully. Sometimes you see these guys where they're doing that chop where it's like, and it's just like, it's not really, it's not really realistic it's just like it's for it's for like the camera and i think that if you cook normally quickly and efficiently as fast as or as efficiently as you can normally without thinking about it too much then you get into the groove and then you kind of understand what you need to do and then once you kind of get past all that then you can say okay this is what i like about this knife or this isn't going through as well as it could or this isn't as sharp as it could be or this might the tip kind of be a little bit tighter on this one or i'm not fe- when i hold it it doesn't feel as good as it could be mm-hmm. that's what i think i think that just normal everyday getting into cooking normally and getting comfortable with it and being uncomfortable and then figuring out what is going to work and what's not going to work will make you better i don't think you need to you know, brrr, I don't think that needs to happen. Yeah. It's an unreasonable thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my sort of experience there is probably different to you guys because I look at cooking as a sort of relaxation thing that I love doing, whereas you guys have worked in professional kitchens where it's, it's very different. You know, you have deadlines, you have timelines and the rest of it. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine most of my – I'm thinking now 
most of my chef knife customers are probably in the same sort of boat as me. They are sort of, sure. you know, they're not professional cooks. They enjoy cooking at home. Um, and I'd say probably a comfortable handle is maybe even more important than than the edge. You know, it needs to it needs to be comfortable in the hand. Um, yeah, it it. I suppose. Yeah, we're coming from different different schools of thought, I suppose, as I said. Never worked in a professional kitchen, so, I, you know, it's different for me. Um, but, yeah, I think a comfortable handle is, is probably just as important as having a good edge. I, and I've, transition. I've, <laughs> I've done uh, a lot of prep work with test knives that didn't even have handles. Um, and because, you know, especially if you're working up in the pinch grip, you're not really doing a lot of holding of the handle. Hmm. Um, and I, I guess I would disagree and say that, you know, I, I think that a proper geometry is definitely more important than a handle and being the guy that spends four hours fucking sculpting one single handle. Mm. I still think that the edge <laughs> is still really important. I, and I know, I don't think you're saying that it's not. Yeah, no, not, um, not at all. It, it's, it's still very important, but I think yeah. for those who are taking on, um, cooking as a sort of relaxation thing, something that they sure. enjoy with a glass of wine. Um, I think, yeah, having a comfortable, if, if you've got a bunch of knives in your kitchen there and you're going to pick one up, you probably, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, that final 10% of performance is where we sort of probably differ because virtually anybody can make a knife that sharp and that's going to cut. So when it comes to that, when you've got a bunch of knives laid out, as a non-professional cook who's got a glass of wine in one hand, you're generally going to pick up the most comfortable knife to use. That that That's my sort of view on things at least anyway. i want to see a video of craig with one glass of wine i want to have a ding every hand. time you talk about a glass of wine motherfucker <laughs> and, and trying something. to do all like the chopping and stuff with the other hand <laughs> nothing holding uh, yeah, the vegetable. what i meant in <laughs> one hand i didn't mean whilst you're <laughs> chopping hey, when you, what you need is a camel pack you put the wine in the camel pack <laughs> and you're hand free just chugging wine while you're working you know those away. caps those those fun caps where you put two cans of beer on the top and you've got the straw exactly. coming down into your mouth yes. That's yeah, sudsy budsy. I'm with you. <laughs> That's a Where good one. Uh, and they're also good resources. Like they're. I mean, I'm interested in these master classes. I, I might. We might try to do those online master classes. Some of them are, are definitely look interesting. But you know, they're also they're also like uh, YouTube videos from like the Culinary Institute of America and all these guys who will teach you like the basics. And everyone's doing that. And Food Network's doing those the basic cuts and stuff like that. That would be a good thing to learn. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk about him every week, but you know, uh, Jamie Oliver is my sort of food hero. Ding, a, ding. He's got a great video on basically different cuts. You know how to hold a knife and you know really basic basic knife skills. Um, and when anybody sort of asks me about you know how can I learn more about you know good knife skills that i always send him to that because it's it's really basic and he actually has kids in the video as well he's teaching the kids you know it's it's mm. a good video nice okay let me tell you all about um where should we go let's go to canada this time maritimeknifesupply.com you canadians out there if you are looking for i mean you've already mentioned rhino wet they stock rhino wet but they stock steel they sell belts they sell combat for example um handle materials tools forges Everything you could possibly need. They've got it all at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, they're Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram as well. And they're always putting, you know, 
examples of the type of stuff that they sell there. So go take a look, maritimelifesupply.com. And apparently, if you're in the US, they'll also ship and you can get get good deals because of the Canadian dollar. So go take a look. They've got a special deal with uh, belts. We get 10% off you buy 10 or more. Um, you'd advise getting combats because that's what we use. Um, but they've got everything. Go take a look, maritimelifesupply.com. Okay. Shall we do some more listener feedback? If you want, we could do that, or questions, it's all up to you. Let's do another feedback and we come back to questions, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. Um, uh, Rob McKibben. Oh, did I just do Rob McKibben? Uh, I think I did rob a kid. I don't take deposits either, so here's what I do. I give them a build time, and then I receive the order. I also send them a message confirming the details when I start the build, about a week or two before completion, and make sure no changes were wanted. Then when the knife is done, I send a pic slash video of the knife, and they have 48 hours to pay. If no pay, I post it up for sale on Instagram. I also spell it out, and the order is taken. I also then have to, uh, a bunch of uh, then I don't have a bunch of half paid knives in my shop. It's just my way. I'm not saying it's the best way. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty organized. You know, a bunch of emails along the way and all the rest of it. Jeez, the hardest I mean, that's pretty part much about- what you used to do, isn't it, Jeff? You used to do, you know, send people little updates about the knife as you're making it, that kind of thing. It was a way to keep people from saying, "When's my knife? Where's my knife? When's my knife?" Hmm. Because we didn't have in the beginning. We didn't have of. It was hard for us to kind of orchestrate like our weekly schedule because it was just me and Tony and we couldn't really kind of like map it out as well as we wanted to. And now we're able to really kind of map things out. I mean, I'm, I'm ahead. I'm ahead on, um, my, uh, I've already started the orders that I'm supposed to start in May and we're clearing out. So that organization is something that's super hard, but it's like, it's super great. But what it is, is it's super hard for someone who's like right brained or left brain, right brain, creative, creative Creative types. This is, This is not for the the business end of your creative pursuit. You're not suited for it. And it's really like you have to force yourself to do it. And it's in order to kind of do the creative part, you have to force yourself to do the stuff that you don't like, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, it's it's the sucky part is, is we focus on these things that, you know, suck some of the joy away from what we want to be doing. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of the give and take, I guess. Yeah. Um, this one comes from Rob Speaks Steel. Rob Speaks Steelworks. Hey guys, great episode. Uh, I just wanted to say that I would be very interested in a business-related podcast. I think it would be really beneficial, especially making it specific to knife making and blacksmithing. There's got to be more listeners like me who are really interested in the business side of things. P.S. Jeff, if you want a good comedy show, check out Superstore on Hulu. It's about these people who work in a big box store. Episode one hits hard oh, right shit. out of the gate. It is shit. Oh. <laughs> I've, watched a, I've watched a couple. And it's, oh, man. It's trying to be The Office, but it's a really bad. I'm sorry. Sorry, listener. But come Ross, on. Ross. Ross, we're sorry, Ross. Bad. Well, this kind of like dovetails us perfectly into uh, <laughs> listener, sh- listener show recommendations. I think that be- between business talk deposit talk we get a lot of tv show recommendations 
And yeah. I, I kind of wrote them down if you want to hear some more, if you want to go something else. No, let's, do, was, uh, let's, let's keep this for the after show then maybe. Where okay, yeah. So in. we'll do listener yeah. show recommendations for the after show. There's a lot of them. Oh, let, last one before we go. It's the after show. This one comes from Fox River Blades. Uh, he is recovering nicely, I think, from a very a serious car accident a number of uh like a year ago or something like that he's a good kid he listens to the podcast uh good dude he goes hey guys i have some feedback slash extra insight into messenger bots i've been getting these four to five bots a month claiming to be lonely milfs who are lonely and (laughs) (laughs) who are lonely and need a sugar baby to talk to at first i thought it was my dashing good looks and charms but so Poor, poor Fox Rivers. He's on yeah. the mend, hoping to get some MILF. God bless the MILFs, hoping to get some MILF to kind of sweep him off his wheelchair or something like that. I don't know. Don't believe the bots. Yeah. Don't believe the bots. Yeah. Good old Fox River. Sorry, man. Well, God bless the MILFs. <laughs> Any MILFs who are listening? God bless. There's none. Believe me, there's none. Um, mm-hmm. We did promise earlier about a, a Broadback special offer. They're changing oh. things up at Broadback. Um, so the Knife Talk promo card now, um, whereas before you get in the Morocco Deep Platin, um, they've now got a promo code, which is Knife Talk 200, and that will save you. You ready for this? $200 on the Max, the Premium, and the Mega packages. Um, there's also a Knife Talk 100, and that'll take $100 off the Surface Grinder, which Jeff mentioned earlier, um, and their sewing machines. So they also stock cowboy uh, leather sewing machines. So if you're doing any leather work, apparently these are the things you need, these cowboy leather sewing machines. $100 off if you use Knife Talk 100. Um, if, I had so, a, yeah. if I was doing leather, I would want a sewing machine. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, can you imagine? Otherwise you like, wouldn't. The big How do you... thick thumb you'd have, this one massive thumb, it would be horrible. Well, don't they cowboy. use like uh, you got to use like a drill bit, right? You do a drill bit and drill the holes, and then uh, fuck that. Get a, yeah, get a there's, good... a, there's a name for it in there. I doubt. We need to do a leather show one week, maybe. A sheath well, yeah, show. That's for you. Hey, yo, that's for you. You yeah. and your leather show, you <laughs> fuck away off. From my... I'm taking a week off of the leather show. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, yeah. We, we... Actually, we get Francesca and we get Kurt, Kurt Halland on. Talk leather. Talk leather. Nice. Francesca Ricci, that is. T-Town. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, Broadback, they, they're they doing more than just grinders now. So so go take a look. I said they've got the cowboy leather sewing machine as well, which is really cool. $100 off. You're not going to get that anywhere else. $100 off their surface grinder as well with Knife Dog 100. And $200 off their packages, which is the Max Premium and the Mega Package with Knife Talk 200. It's, it's, you know, why wouldn't you? It makes complete and utter sense. Good okay, thanks let's. For, thanks for coming back. I mean, thanks for thanks for re-upping with us. They're back in back. another year, another year. The best. Premium grinders with the premium podcast. That's all I can say. Yeah. Right. Do you guys want to look down the questions and maybe look for one more question each? Um, yeah. I'll go with the next one, which is Owl Woodworks. Um, fucking owls! I've had an owl problem this week, actually. Um, so Daisy, one of the twins, for weeks and weeks, she's been scared of owls, saying, I can hear, there's an owl each night coming for me. And we're like, there's no fucking owls, what are you on about? We knew there's an owl in our barn, but she's like, no, I can hear, I can hear it. Anyway, I went into the barn about, what, two, three days ago, and this fucking owl swooped down and threw the door to get out. So we've got owls living in the barn, they've got chicks as well, and it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, yikes. Well, what do you mean he threw the door? Through the, like, the barn doors to get out. 
Because basically I sealed up the barn because it was all completely open. There was no barn doors and sealed it all up. And there's this big high sort of window which we sealed all up. Um, but obviously there was an owl in there with checks at the time. So I'm having to leave the door open each day so we can get out and get food and all the rest of it. But it's just like, oh, it's a bit of a, there's owl shit everywhere, basically. <laughs> You're the doorman. Oh, man. You're the doorman. I am the doorman for the owl now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. God. Anyway, Owl Woodworks, well, we've got off track there. Um, who are each of your guys' favorite knife makers? And what about their work do you love so much? Uh, and he says, for me, it's Nick Angers. Um, incredible patterns and Don wins insane handles. Put them at the top of my list. Um, I'd go. I'd, I'd agree. Um, I Don's work I find just fascinating. It's very clean and it's it's what I sort of inspire to be. So for me, Don's is yeah, Don's is the man to look up to. Uh, but what about you guys? Who's your your favourite knife maker? I mean, for me personally, I think my favourite culinary knife maker is Don Wynn, for sure. Um, but when it comes to non-culinary knives, I would say Mike Quisenberry is probably top of the class for me. Just, I really, truly admire, like his finished work is impeccable, but his forge work, forging the blades, uh, and the precision, not only in his non-integral blades, but his integral knives as well. They mm. just really blow me away. And it definitely sets a high bar, uh, that I aspire to and am constantly inspired and influenced by hmm. and so uh yeah i i often message uh mike when i've finished forging a knife and i'm pretty proud of it and i said i i channeled my inner quisenberry this time hmm. around and uh yeah he does really phenomenal work for sure hmm. i look up to different people for different things so like hmm. dons are to me like like super premium high-end beautifully clean and well thought out designs um like Thomas stuff, I love because like the volume he's doing, but still keeping that quality and the way yeah he sort of markets it all. It's it's just like it's a machine and it's it's you know it's beautifully beautifully done. And you know these are all sort of friends of the show, I suppose. So it might sound just right. like I'm sort of stroking dicks here, but I'm not. I genuinely oh, think hey, these yo. people are. Oh, hey, yo. Okay, okay. Um, it's usually I, egos, right? Stroking I mean, egos. Stroke, there's a lot I mean, of things you could say. You do you, Craig, but it's okay. there's a lot of things you could have said. A lot. It's like blowing smoke up. It's the same I mean, phrase, oh, hey, it? yo. It's the same, it's the same phrase, <laughs> the phrase that pays. Um, <laughs> the phrase and, that pays. <laughs> and, and like Fingal stuff, because it's got so much, um, I think, of his character in there as well. And they're instantly recognizable as, as you know, a, a Fingal Ferguson knife. So I'd say those three are my my sort of superheroes of knife making. And I think we would ask this question maybe a year or two ago, and I think I said the same three people then. Um, yeah, they're, for me, they're the ones to look up to for for different reasons. Who have you got, Jeff? Who's the uh, – your Mount Rushmore, as you keep calling it. Well, I mean, I'm just going to say one person in particular is, who I'm fascinated by in terms of their approach, and that's Lynn Ray and mm. his – his change in which he he became a master bladesmith and then his approach changed after he spent some time with Peter Ross and then he really kind of changed the way he builds his knives. Like the x-ray knife is a complete departure from anything he had done before and it was handle. Now all of a sudden he's doing handle first and it was this blacksmith's decision making that influenced his current work and I found that to be... 
uh, very, very refreshing. And that actually was one of the things that helped me with my friction folders is to kind of just stop and think about the approach and change the way I changed the way I did things after spending time with him and talking with him about his approach and actually helped me. And I would say Lynn Ray is very someone I look up to in terms of, you know, self, uh, you know, like, uh, evolution of your own, you know, personal decision-making. And I, I really kind of, that was really a lot for me. Hmm. So a uh, one of many, you know, I, I don't have a Mount Rushmore. My Mount Rushmore is like 30 guys yeah. and just PS with Mike Quisenberry. I gave him a recipe, uh, a couple of years ago. He sent me a message. He's like, I gotta make something at home. I gotta impress my wife. And I said, I got something for you. And he said, I, I, he's, I impressed his wife. He's impressed his own wife so much with this recipe. He, he started sending me, he's like, oh, this thing works great. They think I'm up, they think I know what I'm doing. And it was like, <laughs> it was so awesome. He's just like, now you got to give me another one. And I'm like, Ugh, I can't, so listeners, can't. if you want to get laid tonight, message <laughs> Jeff and he'll give you the good stuff. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. I tell you what, I hooked him up. I hooked him up big. <laughs> what was the recipe? What was it? It was just a broiled chicken thing. It was a simple broiled mm. chicken. Not a big cook, but a simple broiled chicken. He's like, My family wants me to make it all the time. It's great. <laughs> and that's the only one I gave him. I don't think I gave him any. I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I can come up with anything better than that. But it was simple to the to the thing. I talked to him on the phone. I said, and it was like, this fucking recipe was, was so good. It was, it was, I felt very good about myself. <laughs> nice. I think we've all maybe got a Jeff Jeff uh, recipe now, which is our go-to. Mine is the oysters, the baked oh, oysters. Oh, oyster. Dude. Love it. That oyster recipe, I got Ben Snur making it. He's losing his mind. It's amazing. In, in amazing. Texas. And you were making it. And then I had a few other people making it. It's a Bomb. Should we just give it right now? Do it. Go on. Yeah, do it. Shuck so, some oysters and then make some rings so they hold up. So you can, and then throw the one shell out. Put the put the shell with the liquor in it on a ring. I use an aluminum foil ring. Put it under the broiler. Aluminium for, for the European system. Right under the broiler for like three minutes, and then take some butter and some oil and some crushed garlic and shove it in the microwave until make it like a like a little quick. Uh, garlic butter then pull the uh, pull the um pull the oysters out throw a little bit of that garlic oil in the oysters put it back under the broiler two minutes then bring it back out sprinkle it with some parmesan cheese back under the broiler one minute you're gonna get fucking laid 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 very good yeah you might (laughs) you could lay yourself you could have someone else lay you whatever it takes you're gonna be you're gonna be a business this is a banger you're only going to lay another person who's eaten them because you're going to fucking stink, believe me. <laughs> so they need to eat yeah. them too. <laughs> it's in my highlight. I think it's in my highlights over on Fader Knives, but that is a barn, that is a barn burner. The last two even Christmases, some... this oh. has been our thing. The last two Christmases, yeah. Oh, nice. it's, and it's a real sort of highlighted Christmas as well. It's brilliant. I've, I found, I, we went to New Orleans a number of years ago. We were staying at a hotel call, and it, had a, it was a, right – at the the restaurant side was called Drago's, and they were known for these char broiled oysters. So I was just like, this, and we ate like we got a, we got a dozen of them. We're like, yo, when the waiter came by, I was like, yo, we need a couple more dozen of these. We can't just, but they're so expensive. I don't care. We just got them, and 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 we figured out how to make them. And they're, I mean, this is basically that, and it's a fucking killer. And if your oysters are dodgy, this is fucking a good way to fucking send them down the hatch. <laughs> Use them up. <laughs> Use yeah. the fucking up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dodgy oysters, these are for you. Yikes. Yeah. 
yeah. they're very good. Very good. All right, then. Did you two guys find a, a question? Yeah, I got one. Okay, this next one is from Scorched Earth Knifeworks. He says, okay, question. When working with stabilized wood, how do you deal with the little bit of swelling that uh, that's sorry that takes place especially with kitchen knives before it leaves the shop so it sounds like he's having some issues with um some the the handle material picking up moisture uh Mm. after the sculpting and uh kind of changing size what do you guys say i mean i could i could i could it's difficult Uh, so i'd imagine Maybe you are shaping them before stabilizing, and then you're finding a difference. I don't know. To me, I'd always, I'd always stabilize a block. You know, once it's fully stabilized, then start shaping and cut it down. That kind of thing. And I've never really had an issue where where it's where it where it's changing in any way. Um, but like we've said many times before, they're stabilizing and they're stabilizing. There's you know, there's no definitive way of making sure it's perfect. Um, and maybe a stabilizer isn't working correctly, or maybe the choice of woods, you know, they, they don't sort of marry up to being stabilized too well. Um, I don't know. But, um, yeah, stabilize, take your time, let it have a long, long soak, you know, take your time doing it and make sure it's it's done right. And you shouldn't really have an issue. Um, I've I've never had... Um, the, actually, the only stabilized knives that I've had issues with are when they're sort of hybrids, when they've got another material with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm never, I never know then whether it's the the hybrid material, which is you know the resins, whatever, whether they're changing shape, uh, you know, expanding or contracting, or whether it's the wood. Um, but when it's just been stabilized, I find that it's just it's it's always been sort of rock solid. Um, so yeah, so, so so I don't really there's there's an issue there somewhere, and I, I don't quite know where it could be. Shout out to stabilized handle material that's hybrid, aka the crossfit of the knife yeah. handles. <laughs> crossfit <laughs> handles. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So people still get mad about that. But uh it happens a lot. It happens a lot with with that hybrid shit. Uh um I've never had one change within when I'm finished it and then the next day it's changed. Hmm. You know, like it sounds like it's been in his shop for a while. You know, even like non-stabilized wood takes a little bit to kind of like snug up. You know, yeah. to change a little bit. But if you're storing things, honestly, I mean, I've talked about this in the past, but get yourself, get down to your local tip, your local refuse center, and buy an old fridge, um, and get yourself a little like like a um, like a greenhouse heater, that kind of thing, and put that in the fridge. Don't turn the fridge on. Just use this because it's it's well conducted for heat. Um, and just keep all your wood. In. That's what I do. I store all my wood in there, and it's you know it's warm. It's the same temperature at all times, so it's not you know the temperature isn't ramping up and down between summer and winter. And I've got wood in there that's years and years old, uh, but I know it's always kept at that same. So I generally about twenty twenty two degrees. Um, you can buy a heater and a thermostat for you know twenty thirty dollars. You can get a fridge for free you just need a little bit of space and just store everything in there and and even you know if you've got sort of wetter wood you can put that in there and it'll just dry out slowly over time you're not you know you're not putting an oven to dry it out and it's just going to start cracking and stuff it's it's like it's it's virtually free to do and i'm i'm amazed when people don't do it it's just it just makes complete sense sure I, i got a feeling that in the winter time that is going to be converted into the owl house the warmed up 
house for the owls. <laughs> Possibly I'll put eggs in there or something and incubate yeah. an eggs or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your owl your eggs. Owl, the owl winter <laughs> chateau. <laughs> Wood and owls shit. <laughs> I, I feel like this is always going to be a potential issue with any kind of natural handle material or where any natural because synthetics aren't aren't going to move on you right mm. um and that's part of the benefit of synthetics uh but i think even even uh you know i've had stabilized material from all kinds of different stabilizers most really honestly it's very rare um that there's some fluctuation in uh, the material, but that that is always a concern because I live in the Pacific Northwest. There ha- tends to be a lot of moisture here, and if I'm shipping a knife uh, to Arizona or Texas or somewhere where it's a bit drier, that that could be a concern. Or somewhere with a lot more humidity, like the southeast or south, yeah, southeast down like Louisiana or Florida or Georgia or something like that, or even along the East Coast. That's always a concern. I think one way that makers have um, kind of worked to combat uh, the potential of that slight bit of movement is doing a museum fit up, which is where the handle material is just, just ever so slightly, but intentionally proud of either the, the bolster material, the guard material, the, the tang material, wherever it comes into contact with any steel or guard or something like that. It's just ever so slightly proud, like maybe, maybe 20 thousandths of an inch, but it is an intentional way of kind of, anticipating that thing happening but it's also because if it's done intentionally it looks purposeful and is actually kind of a nice thing to do on a knife it's definitely a a bit more of an involved process but it is um, a way to kind of counteract or counter that potential of the material fluctuating um, between you finishing it up even just in your own shop uh, or where it ends up living um, after you mail it out. I just Are heard you... a million homemade makers make a note of that. <laughs> Say like, my <laughs> shitty fit-ups? No, it's a museum fit-up. I'm about to make a comparison to when I had to learn how to, I had to uh, wood, make a wood floor in our kitchen. They, I was reading all this stuff. They said, leave a, leave a, a quarter-inch gap. Don't go tight. From the edges, and you put the yeah. planks out. And then you put right. the floorboard just so when it expands and contracts, the floorboard's covering the expansion and contraction. Is the right. museum fit up the floorboard, <laughs> the floorboard whoopsie of the knife world? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a very intentional thing that people are doing. It, it may be to, um, I, 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 I've actually never done it myself, but I see a lot of, you know, top end makers doing this process. And I think part of it is to help combat um, the fluctuation of the handle material. Um, floorboard whoopsie. Using. Call the floorboard, floorboard whoopsie. <laughs> it sounds like a cop out to me. I'll be honest with you. But, <laughs> I, I've done the museum fit up. I mean, I'm sure these makers are far better than me. I, it sounds to me like a cop out. I like it. I think <laughs> it looks great, especially when you have a transition where there is meant to be a real transition, especially from a forged bolster into the knife. It makes perfect sense. I mean, it looks good. It looks, yeah. you know, it's hard to make a uh, visual transition between the handle and the and the knife in general. If you have a, mm-hmm. if you had a, if you have a integral bolster, and it is a conscious decision. Is it the floorboard whoopsie? 
Who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> Name of the podcast is Floorboard Whoopsie. All right. Right. Before I love we go to Jeff's it. last question, I want to tell everybody about Dharma Steel. Because it's fucking cool stuff. We've all seen those really cool knives with Dharma Steel, um, which is you know stainless Damascus. Looks looks completely, completely professional and beautiful stuff. We've all seen it. And if you haven't, you're missing out. Go to Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram and you'll see some pictures of not just knives, jewelry, earrings, all to, even the Mr. T earring. You'll see you'll see all sorts nice. going on there. <laughs> go take a look. Um, and if you go to dharmasteel.se, um, look at all the patterns because. The patterns are extraordinary. They're they're incredible. Um, but also, if you if you sign up to the website and use Knife Talk Ten, you will get ten percent off. Um, and you won't regret. If you want to step up that one level and offer something a little bit special, go to, go take a look at Dharma Steel. I hope they send Jeff, me some, this, some la- of them. This last question want, of yours. I want some of them trousers. I want some of them Dharma Steel duds. I want to walk around with some Swedish pants. You know Swedish pants, the lederhosen. Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. I'm ready to IKEA it up. I'm with you. I, I hope uh, they, they do another. Did they actually sell the pants? Yeah, so pants and shirts. I didn't see them. Right, I okay. want a pair. They should listen. They should be decking <laughs> us out with Dharma steel pants and t-shirts. I'm telling I'll you. wear. I will wear. I will look like the Dharma steel uh, Indianapolis 500 crew guy. I'll be there. <laughs> I look at change some tires. Do the Next time we do the, the, the Chef Invitational, it, well, hopefully if we do it again because we have lots of fun doing it, and we get pair on, and we've, we've had this bit of a tradition where I look him straight down the eye and I ask something of him. This time it'll be, we all need Dharma Steel pants. Let's just see what the reaction will be. I mean, we, I want to look, like, look like the guy Jiffy Lube. I'm a little... <laughs> The, Have the you gray, seen the, the Friends, the Friends episode with Joey and the Porsche, where he doesn't actually own a Porsche, but he wears like the Porsche cap, the Porsche jacket, and <laughs> everything? Oh, oh yeah, he, was, he would just stand next man. to the guy's car. Well, yeah, to the point where he, he used the cardboard boxes and made up a shape of the car. There was no car under right. there, and he was just like, yeah, I've just wrapped this baby up because <laughs> he had a cover over it. And yeah, that'll be us and our Dharma Steel get up. Anyway. Steve Brooker says, hey, guys, I'm new to the podcast, but I absolutely love it so far. I'm a knife enthusiast and recently started assembling knives. I purchased the treated and tempered knives blanks and add wood blank. I add wood blanks and pins. I really enjoy shaping and finishing the handles, and I have interest in making my own knife blanks. But I'm worried about my physical limitations due to my disabilities. My biggest problem is that sometimes I feel like a fraud since I didn't make the entire knife. Am I being too critical of myself? For clarity, I'm a retired disabled military and I only make money. uh, And the only money I make uh, for any knife is just the finished material. I finish is just the I just, he just charges the material prices. Yeah. uh, If you're honestly, if you're being upfront about it, you're, you're, providing something you're doing a service you know and i think the first knives that i made were, were exactly that i was buying the oh, what are they called that the swedish brand where you can buy the blanks and you can just i can't even think what they call oh, i know what it's called it's called ligma <laughs> i'm not falling for this again oh no 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 um, it's the greek version both of these <laughs> yeah something like that um, i can't think what it I can't think what what they're called, but they're you know they're they're basically like camp knives, and you know they're really well respected. But they sell their blanks, um, and that's what I was, that's what I bought, and that, you know I was making handles for them, and I you know I sell sold them to family and friends as what they were because they're stamped with the the, with the makers thing anyway. I 
it's sweet. I can't think what it's fucking. Is called. it Lagiol? It's not Lagiol. No, 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 they're French. Okay. Um, That's French. Oh fuck! Because I know they do kits too. There is one called Crankamy. <laughs> Crankamy nuts. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think if you if that's what you're doing, and and people are aware of what you're doing, there's there's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Jesus Christ. No. Um. No. Go for it. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I mean, it kind of goes back to um, like doing a com- production style knife. You know, there are plenty of knife makers, whether they're small, you know, small custom setups or they're full commercial things, but they, you know, they get their steel purchased for one person. They get it laser cut out and then shipped somewhere else where they uh, heat treat and then another place that grinds them. By the time they get to the, get the handle or get the blade back to them, it's already heat treated, grinded, um, and, or, and, and ready for handle material. And that sounds like what he's doing already. So I hmm. think it's not necessarily his specific design, but he's still doing the work of, you know, the handle sculpting and whatnot. And I don't, I, I, again, I think we've talked about this so many times, but it's just being transparent, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, I think more, it'd be cool. sorry, Mora like, is the make. Mora knives. They do really Mora. good sort of camp right. knives, that kind of thing, the Swedish. And Castrom is the other one. You can buy right. their blanks and finish yeah, them. Mora. Mora. That's the one. More of these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Sweden. All right, baby. What's your th- thought, Jeff? I like the fact that he 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 Jeff's, loves what he's sorry, doing. This is Jeff's thoughts, which we promoted last week. <laughs> Jeff's I like thoughts. I like the fact that he's loves it. That's all I care about. You know, yeah. obviously, he's found something that he enjoys, which is the one reason why we're doing any of this. Is we've all found something that we love to do. We enjoy it. It brings us joy, especially. You know, maybe it's not about a profit margin, but it's maybe giving something someone that they really, really like. Giving it to someone that and they light up and they they love it and they want you to make more and you have more people to do it and you enjoy doing it. This is the, what knife making is about. You know, it's not about yeah. the deposits and all that nonsense. That's the you know the the stuff that sucks the joy away from it. But it's the fact yeah. that he's found something within the confines of his disabilities that brings him joy. That's what life is about, man. It's finding something that like. That just makes you want Mora, you know? Yeah. You up. yeah. Mora. And it gives you that payoff of I've got something that I've made, you know, at the end of it. You've got something that yeah. that's going to be of use. And it's, yeah, that, that's the hook, isn't it, for most people getting into any sort of endeavor where you're making stuff. It's when you finish something and it's useful. It's like, fuck me, look at this. This didn't exist last week. And now it does. And it's got a purpose. It's, don't yeah. worry about the fraud stuff. Don't worry about what people say. I think that we get too horned up about what people think or say or whatever. It's just like, you know, is that a homemade knife? I mean, who gives a shit, you know? It's like <laughs> homemade. That's a, this is a thing now. Homemade knives. I mean, have some have some, and find something that you love and and then just get better at it and probably one day you're going to say to myself, oh, maybe I can't, you know, make the knives." Maybe you do what Mareko says. You go to these one of these companies and who like knife print and they'll make them for they'll make the blanks for you you know hmm. there are companies that sell kits and they're great and they're fun i actually got one of the a slip joint folder kit from from one of those companies back in the day when i wanted to try one of those yeah and they're fun it's like it's great it's just you know you you feel like you're building something with a little bit of discipline and that's the best and you know you maybe go to knife print and get yourself some 
some shits made out and send it to this guy, send it to that guy. There'll be companies pretty mm-hmm. soon that will will be one stop shop for all your you know knife making needs, and then you you know spit, put it in the G code, spit yeah. it out, and it comes back to you and slap the handle on, and bingo, bango, bongo. And that is the next step. If you know if you're buying blanks in. And you may be feeling, oh, I feel like a fraud, which you're not, by the way. But the next step is, well, just design your own and get them to make that blank for you. And then it is your knife. It's your design too, you know? There's, yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to get into this sort of game. And we're all in different levels. I'm in a very different level to Morocco. Um, and, and, you know, and Jeff is a different level to me and to Morocco as well. Every, everybody's different, in, you know, in what they do and what they enjoy. So just embrace it. Enjoy, enjoy what you're doing. There you go. Can't much get much better than that. That's the show. Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you all again next week. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network. There we go. (laughs) That was a lot of fun, but I want to make one joke. A lot of these other podcasts do an after show and fucking charge people. For the after show? Yeah, we've been doing that shit for free since day one. So flea bags... You've been warned. <laughs> you know what? I haven't listened to another knife-making podcast now for years um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I don't want us to sort of, you know, take ideas from them, you know, and think, oh, fuck, this has been done kind of thing. Um, oh, and Sorry, they're not much fun, are they, the others? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have never heard any of the other knife uh, podcasts. I've listened to Mark of the Maker. They do a good job. Okay. They do a good job. Mark of the Maker does a great job. <sighs> I'm silent for the rest of them. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know what honestly I don't I'm just fooling around. I I, I part of me is feels the need to uh part of me feels the need to, you know, keep the whole radio thing going and but you know, and be kind of like a little bit abrasive, and it's mostly an act. But uh, I don't, I don't want to be influenced either. However, I tell you what, a, a good podcast is. I still listen to David Chang. He's got a show called Recipe Club too, which is pretty good. Um, mm. David Chang actually said something that was interesting. He gets very disappointed when when he posts. He posts a lot of. He's not in the kitchen anymore, really. I mean, he even says sure. it on his podcast. He's at home, so he makes his home cooking, and he does all the sandbagging and stuff like that. He posts some. And he, he says, I don't like to do it anymore because people start to say, well, give me the recipe. And he feels like, I guess he said, uh, I get bummed out because I feel like, why aren't you just being creative? Like, why do I have to spoon feed you every fucking thing I do? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an interesting take. And, he, he, and I thought it was very interesting for, you know, knife makers are not too dissimilar. Yeah. Right. But he's probably yeah. in a really good position to do like, um, you know, like like we talked about the masterclass before and masterclass is you know that website as well where people go on but he you know where he could sort of use that as a platform then to say look i'm going to teach you basics and this will then help you you know sure. to, to create stuff you know you know knife skills and you know basic sources and all that kind of stuff there's a million guys doing that anyway yeah maybe yeah yeah That's, yeah everything's saturated these days i suppose isn't it yeah i was going to read more listener feedback but i kind of want to talk about johnny depp instead that fat bastard. <laughs> Have you seen Johnny Depp in court? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He looks like a, like a 1950s, like, really shit mobster. Some guy who, like, wants to be a mobster. <laughs> He's wearing, like, badly fitting suits. And, you know, this guy was like a heartthrob in the 90s, you know? And fuck me, what's gone wrong there? 
so he's in court because he's, I don't know, he's suing his ex-wife or his wife, ex-wife is suing him. He's her, suing her for defamation. Yeah, she so, said he's a wife beater and he yeah. lost all sorts of jobs. Yeah. Well, I think he lost a lot of money as well. So I think she sued him and I think he had to pay for, what I, I think, I, I'm not sure. But now he's suing her for defamation because, like you said, yeah, Disney, obviously the Pirates of the Caribbean was a massive franchise and, you know, they right. said we can't do it with you anymore because you've been accused of these things. But, yeah. So is this is this... Because I see like our clips on like social media, I, I'm seeing clips. So is this on TV in the US? Is this like an open fucking thing? No idea. I'm not. I don't have time to be watching that. No. That fuck. I mean, <laughs> no, number one. Number one. As a Johnny Depp fan. Yeah. Yeah. Who fucking told him to look like Gomez Adams from the Adams family in court? <laughs> Who told him to look like my Dominican superintendent from 14th Street? Or like a like a washed up pimp, yeah. But or have serious. You seen what she's do- have seen what she's doing. So the next day in court, she's dressing the same as he did the day before. No, I'm telling you. So there's this whole uh, yeah. Because when you mentioned earlier, maybe we should talk about Johnny Jeff on the show. I was, I know fuck nothing about it. So I went into like a deep dive, and the, so every day they're in court, and the two of them are there. Whatever he wears, she'll wear the next day. And is this like is this like an intimidation thing or I I I don't know it's fucking weird. I personally I think she's taken this to get as many headlines as she can so she she's got something afterwards you know that she can sort of set a book or whatever it's going to be. Mm. But yeah, she's wearing basically copying his his uh, whatever he's wearing the next day. Yeah, so I mean, I think he, he should come dressed as a clown one day and just see what happens the day after. <laughs> what in what universe? In what universe does does he does anybody say to him, "Hey, why don't you dress normal and pretend like you want to be there? Why don't you get a haircut?" He looks. I mean, he literally looks like a a retired uh, magician or something. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it's like did you see like Michael Jackson when he was in court, wearing his pajamas and stuff? It's I don't know. It's all weird. And if you're trying to portray yourself as not a wife beater. Maybe you better not want to look like a wife beater. <laughs> or somebody who has experience maybe putting your hands on someone. He looks like he looks like uh what's his face uh, from the wrestler? Nick uh what's his fucking name the, from the wrestler? God damn it. The the, the uh you know, I know the guy with the yeah, the, Rourke. the face. Mickey yeah, Rourke. Mickey Rourke. They yeah, looks like yeah. fucking Mickey Rourke. I mean, it looks like they both had a they, he had a, a child. <laughs> so right. So once you once we mentioned this earlier, maybe we'll talk about Johnny Depp, right? I've I um I was on Facebook and all of a sudden I just get lots of Johnny Johnny Depp stuff on Facebook. I'm like, well, first of all, what's going on here? But this was the first link I saw, right? I'm just gonna read the first the first paragraph. So this happened in court today, apparently. Johnny Depp recalled discovering human fecal matter on his bed following an argument with Amber Heard. Unit is defamation trial on Wednesday. Defecation uh, trial, more like it. Yeah, oh. the actor took to the stand to to say that every time she went to bed before him, he'd get in bed and there'd be shit on his side of the bed. <laughs> so she was dropping a deuce on his side? She's going, she'd go into bed, shit on his side of the bed. <laughs> and then make the bed? <laughs> so she'd squat over the bed, yeah, take a deuce and then... Put the yeah. put the old hospital corners back. 
Oh. This, oh. Is, this is what he's claiming. This is and then she'd get back claim. into the bed? Yeah. Um, she'd just roll what over on her psychopath. Side. <laughs> that is a psychotic. And then she's got to be in the bed with the poo. Oh. And then he gets oh. in and he's going to say, whoa, what's this? And they have to have a conversation about what happened. Yeah. It's, yeah, what it's a, just what a nightmare. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so I, I, mean, don't, I don't think he's in court now for abuse. He's taken her to court for defamation. That abuse thing is done. You know, I don't, I don't know what the, the outcome was. But now this, this court case is all about him losing out on, you know, because he's been accused of these things. It's fascinating because, I mean, all the clips you see, he looks like he does not want to be there. But mm. obviously he, he wants to be there because he wants to get some of his loot back. Yeah. But he still looks like he got all the rings all over every single finger had a ring on. He's got the eyeliner. He's got the, uh, I mean, the hair, a hair of his. The extra hundred pounds as well. Let's face he's it. got a, I saw one picture. He was wearing a black suit with a black shirt with like a fucking Japanese wave tie. And like one earring in, one of Mareko's earrings, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> see the touch mark on there. And then his hair is in a, like a top knot like he's Tashira Mifuni. It's ridiculous. And get in there, the get, yourself, next day. get yourself a good haircut, go get to Brooks Brothers, get yourself a nice suit, and then pretend like you're a normal human being, not some fucking gypsy sideshow <laughs> fortune teller. <laughs> but he is an actor who has completely jumped the shark, so a completely credible actor, and then did the whole, you know, the whole Disney, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean thing, which, you know, the first, like, maybe one or two, where you were just like, well, that's like amazing acting. And then, like you said, jumped the shark. And um, I don't think he's done anything serious since then, really, is he? I, I he was Whitey Bulger. He was good as Whitey Bulger. That Whitey was awesome. B- White- Whoa, Whitey Bulger. What's that? <laughs> That's not a euphemism <laughs> to my man. <laughs> I think I may have a Whitey Bulger. <laughs> Amber, Amber got in the bed. He says, hey, baby, I'm being a whitey bulger. I got you a brown bulger on the side of your sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped a brown bulger right under, right under the pillowcase. <laughs> that was a famous Boston, uh, famous Boston uh, uh, mobster. It was... Uh, it was a fucking great one. It was about the Irish mob. I gotta figure that one. Out. That was a. It was. Uh, I think it was Scorsese too. Um, Whitey Bulger is now part of my uh, vocabulary. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> That's when you're wearing your when you're wearing your pants. To, when you're walking around in your Whitey Bulgers. <laughs> that was a real. He was a. He was a serious dude. As a head of the. Boston crime family. He put it on oh, you. Wow. you know, to make jokes about name. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be toes up from the flow up. Yeah, we've done this already with the uh, what was the, what was the Mexican gangster? What's the, you know the big one? El Chapo. Uh, no. What's the what's the big one? Who do? Oh, <laughs> what's the I, big I, one? Oh, El Chapo is the Mexican one. You're talking about uh, Chica Rodriguez. You know, never, never mind. We're just talking Mexican gangsters now. Do you know, did I ever tell you guys about Chico Rodriguez? No. We did this on the Downward Spiral. We found out this guy is a Brazilian uh, government uh, worker. He was like a governor. And they caught him smuggling money in his butt. 
And they caught him, and I guess there's a lot of memes about him now. That he, you know, but his name is Chico Rodriguez, and we just we couldn't help the fact. How funny is that? His name is Chico. Not that funny, obviously. It was funny to me. Right. Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to Google something as, as, you're, as you're talking about this. Um, yeah. oh, what's his fucking name? The big, the big guy, the big American gangster. The, the American gangster? gangster? No, Mex- I'm sure he's Mexican. <laughs> I don't think um, so. Are you talking about uh, Pablo Escobar? Escobar. That's not he's one. From, he's from Colombia. Is he? Uh, I don't know. It's all fucking North American to me. South America. I don't know. Way, way, to, way to figure that. Way to fix that up nice and easy. But anyway, Pablo Escobar, they were the Escobar, they released a phone and apparently it was all some big scam and it was the Escobar phone and it was apparently made of gold and all this stuff. Anyway, and, and I tweeted about it saying like this Escobar phone, it sounds like the whole story about it was crazy. I just said, this is crazy, and I put the link on on the tweet. And um, Pablo Escobar's son started following me on Instagram. I was like, oh, oh yes. fuck. The, ri- the real <laughs> yeah. one? The real one. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, my, my cards are marked, yeah. But, are um, you sure it's the real one? I, definitely sure, yeah. Let's not yeah. talk about him anymore. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys were such – you guys thought that the 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 Midnight Strangler was going to get us. I mean, this is <laughs> – The Zodiac Killer. <laughs> the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, – Wow, Pablo you know Escobar's it's like it's like if OJ was following you or something. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. That's anyway, it. so what's been going on this week? What what we've been listening to? What we've been watching? What's been uh, happening apart from, been, apart from Johnny Depp? Obviously, I've really been sucking it up on Hurdle this week. <laughs> there's on been Hurdle. Some, there's some yes. songs this week that I just have no fucking clue. I've never heard of them before. Yeah, <laughs> that's my thing. I either get it or I don't. There's no like. Two, three, four, five seconds. It's yeah, either yeah. one second or none. You know, yeah. yeah. Let's let's do. It. I haven't done it today. Should we do it? It's sure. become a regular feature of the show. Let me pull it up just a sec. Free, Ba-ba-ba. free feature. All you after show. It's a free feature. Yes, we're <laughs> after, charging for this. You after sh- after show, <laughs> after show thieves. Let me pull it. This up. ain't this ain't uh, the this ain't the floorboard whoopsie of, of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> just a second. Let me find it. Uh, connected. Okay, hurdle. Are we ready for this? All the time. Quality content. This. Are we ready? All the time. Oh, that's not working. <laughs> oh, that's Shakira. I know what that is. A Shakira, right? Shakira, whatever, whenever. Or oh my God, God is it? Let me just check. How do you guys Doom know that? Did. Because her, what is it? Whenever, whenever. Is that the one? Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah. Did you know her boobs are small and humble, so you don't confuse them with mountains? <laughs> what? I've heard. That's part That's of the That's what she says, apparently. Yeah. That's what she says? That, yeah, I'm sorry that my tits are small and humble, so you don't confuse them with mountains. That, yeah, That's, That's a fucking thing. Shakir lyric? That's it's a probably, Shakira. It's I, I probably more poetic in Spanish. Is yeah. It, oh yeah, so it's in Spanish. She's not saying it in no, English. No, it's in English. I, no, I she, can it, fucking find it now. She has yeah. a Spanish version. I'm sure it's a lot more poetic than that. I'm sure it <laughs> sounds a lot better than that. I mean, you know. I'm gonna find it now for you. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, we're gonna but, get. We're gonna get our our episode blocked. 
No, we're not. Don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. My the no only thing I can I can say about Shakira, and this is embarrassing, is my Peloton instructor told a story about how she looks exactly like Shakira and fooled all these people into thinking she was Shakira, and like had this whole night out with people thinking she was Shakira. Oh my god, I that was pretty interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. That no. Listen. I think it's it could be Mexican. I think it's English. I'm not sure. We're gonna get fucking kicked off of it there. Oh, it must be later. But she, yeah, something about <laughs> she's sorry that her tits are small and humble. You don't confuse them with mountains. Anyway, now Shakira. <laughs> Good job, Craig. Welcome we to Late Night Radio with... Uh, <laughs> All right. Tell us your Shakira. favorite booby song. <laughs> 505, <laughs> you're on the line. Oh, that reminds me. I just saw uh, uh, Ben Snor posted up a post uh, from like 2019 of him playing, um, I think it's a T-Pain song on the spoons. <laughs> yeah. Like the windows to the walls. He's really? Yeah. Yeah. It's he's, really he's great. He's it good. He's it's very, gold. very, very, very. He's a terrific guy. Terrific guy. He's so funny. Yeah. Were you watching anything, Mareko? Worth. We need. Worth we knowing? need to get Ben playing spoons live. Let's do it. Maybe next week when I'm out of town. Hey, well, listen. If Mareko's out of town, we can get. We can get. We can get. I can see if Ben wants to. Hey, ben wants boy. to slip slip in. Ben and his bring your spoons, Ben. Bring your spoons and his chaps. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm still watching it. We're working our way through Alias. Uh, there's five seasons, and we're still on the first season. I forget, like, old TV shows, they, like, each season was at least 22 to 24, 26 episodes. And so yeah. I think in today's TV, or, like, seasons, like Netflix streaming seasons and shit like that, we'd be, like, on the third or fourth season by now. <laughs> Is Alias the one with the twins? Well, the two girls that are? Nope. It's with uh, Jennifer Garner. She's a spy. Um, oh, right. I got the Bradley Cooper. One. It's actually Bradley Cooper's first acting, big acting gig. Hmm. He's like the uh, friend zone dude. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Show. Yeah. I tell you what I saw that was unbelievably good was the Batman. Robert Pattinson might be the best oh, yeah. Batman. Really? really? He's fantastic. And it's much more uh, like a detective show than it is like fucking ben affleck that <laughs> steroided out n- nerd i i was sh- i was it's a long movie i'm glad it's on hbo i watched it in two nights but it was del- it was great it was great robert Pat- pattinson looked awesome he, the, 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 he looked he did a great job of all the batman he did a the, and i'm a I'm, i saw michael keaton first run first show when it first came out first day first show i'm a michael keaton man but mm. Rob Pattinson did a fucking great job. Great mm, job. Nice. Really is that in the it. theaters or is that streaming somewhere? <clears throat> they just started streaming it on HBO Max. And I'm okay. about to cut loose HBO Max. I waited for Batman and I might just cut it loose. But it's yeah. fucking great. Nice. The, uh, Zoe Kravitz is incredible as Catwoman. It's all mm. it's terrific. It's, even if you're not a Batman guy, um, it's terrific. It's a great, it's a great detective show. Really good. Cool. And Anything? uh you want to go. Craig? <laughs> um uh, what I watched that um I said about the um 
the SpaceX documentary. It was like um, Back to Space Back or something like that. It's called on, on Netflix. Really good. Really good, actually. I didn't think it would be. But it, they, mm-hmm. they sort of concentrate on the, these two guys who are the astronauts who are going up. Um, and they're the first, like, American astronauts since, I don't know, like 12 years or something like that since, right. you know, for going up. Um, really, really good. Um, and it's amazing how, like, Elon is, like, how involved he is in everything. Um yeah, he's got his fingers in a lot of pies, and you know he's he's clearly given a lot of his attention. And um, yeah, yeah, it was just amazing to see, you know, when they got the, the rockets, you know, landing, you know, and being reused and stuff like that. You just think, fucking hell, this is this is incredible, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's really inspiring to watch. It was it was very good. Um, what else have I been watching? I think that that was pretty much you know, kids don't have you guys we seen, don't get to watch much at the moment. Have you guys seen Gunpowder Milkshake? No, what's that? It's about a uh, a team of hit women, and um, it's actually it's really good. I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, hmm. But basically, yeah, it's, it's like uh, yeah, a bunch of hired hit hit women, and they and one of them's on the run, and the others are helping out. And but it's cool. I liked it. A is lot. it like a comedy or is it like a like a serious <sighs> thing? Or? It's not. It's not super serious but it's also not really a comedy but there there are definitely some funny parts um but yeah it was it was definitely entertaining hmm. nice. there you go nice there's been this big uproar haven't they this week about netflix and um oh, yeah. trying to cl- they, they got this idea they're going to clamp down on people sharing their passports and you're getting all these people outraged on the news saying my parents they're 74 and they they you know they won't be able to watch their favorite shows it's an outrage i'm like well no, fucking pay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not, a, it's not like a, a free right that you're going to get Netflix. Fuck's sake. People are so, so... Didn't they experience like a massive drop in subscribership? Though? Yes. They're saying so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I saw but, something uh, like 200,000 people dropped it. Yeah. But... That's because the first... There's, there's, there's going to be like waves and stuff as well, isn't there? You know, like throughout yeah. the year. And, they, and they, they, they collect so much data. They know all this, you know? Mm-hmm. And... They're not worried, surely. Sure. I mean, they had to have anticipated that, too, as part yeah. of making that decision. Yeah. So. Yeah, they know what they're doing. There you mm. go. Well, I, I think... Arts and Entertainment Arts and entertainment segment of Knife Talk is provided <laughs> is. to you by... Yeah. Who, by who? Anybody? Um, arts we need a sponsor for this, don't we? We need a sponsor for... Uh, An Arts and entertainment, entertainment sponsor, yeah. Arts and Entertainment yeah. sponsored by... <laughs> Knife Talk 10, you get 10% off your Netflix subscription. Share it with your grandma, <laughs> share it with your auntie, share it with your mother. What would, you, what would happen if we just, as a gift to like our listeners, we got a, net, a Netflix subscription? And we just put on an open password. There's only three people at once. Is it three oh. or five people that can use it? So oh, it, yeah. it's, it's limited. No. Consumed yeah, it wouldn't work. I'm so. St- I, don't nah, know. I don't know. From that. Wouldn't work. That's that's a silly idea. Well, thank God we we good thing we workshopped that in the after show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got five seconds to go for two hours. So and thank I'm you off, all for listening. And I'm off to I'm off to my Illuminati meeting. So have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Fucking blew it. Two hours, three seconds now. Jesus Christ, radio guy, you call yourself? You're off to your meeting. Um, <laughs> have you got your horse head to wear? And um, your left ball hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I have both of these. A special knock. <laughs> I'm bringing both, both of these. Of these. <laughs> <laughs> they 
don't know. You get much better than that. That's a show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.